Hi, this is Steve Kostansky, director of Psycho Gorman, and you're listening to the Horror Squad podcast. Hello, welcome back to the Horror Squad podcast. This is number 158. Tonight, we're talking about Psycho Gorman. Uh, I didn't watch it, but I heard you guys did. And we have the director on tonight, which is who, Joe? Uh, yes. Uh, the director is Stephen Kostansky. Uh, he's directed also George Costanza? The Void. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, no, Stephen Kostansky. Um, also uh, probably best known for his uh, production company, Astron 6, uh, which a lot of horror fans might know about. Uh, but he has directed... Uh, Manborg, which I think we'll all be talking about tonight because we awesome. watched it. Uh, yeah. Uh, also, he has directed uh, The Void, which was a very popular uh, movie that came out a few years ago. He also did uh, Troma's Day. Uh, I'm sorry, Father's Day, which is a trauma movie, um, which I will be talking about later tonight. And he did tonight's movie, Psycho Gorman, and also Leprechaun Returns, hmm. which we talked about in the interview as well. It's a good one. So yeah, good, good interview. Stay tuned uh, for that at the end of the episode. Leprechaun Returns is the last one we watched, right? Uh, yes, correct. Okay, cool. With uh, Lyndon Porco. Uh, who cool, we yeah. On. yeah. And for the record, I didn't watch it because I hate the director or anything. I just ran out of time simply. So next time. But um, how are you guys doing tonight? fantastic todd anything special fantastic. going on this week maybe on the weekend coming up um no i don't think so not really um picked up some horror stuff over the weekend though i got um a bunch of new reaction figures to add to my reaction figure wall michael laurie chucky some haunted mansion guys i picked up the new ultimate ghost face figure from neca so yeah didn't you, grab, didn't you grab Torch and um, Jester? I did, yeah. Torch and Jester, too. The little uh, full moon figures. And a Taurus Trap figure, um, which they don't make like anything Taurus Trap, so I was excited to add that. I forget the character's name there, but the, yeah, the, like, the main... The blue-shirted dude. Yeah. 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 Sam, what do you got going on? Anything? Um, Not really. No? Not this week. Short and sweet? Okay. Steve? Short and sweet. She's putting out new content. Oh, no, oh, yeah? I'm happy. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> On OnlyFans, Joe. Duh. Oh. All right. Tell you, Steve, anything on the horizon or anything this past weekend? Uh, no, not much. I mean, uh, we're in, like, full lockdown where I live, so there's I can't really go anywhere. Um, you, can go, just, you can protest. Uh, Protest well, a lockdown. I can, I, I can but uh, those people get stopped here, so it's not, uh, you know, for breaking uh, ordinance rules. But uh, I gotta say a shout out to our Discord. Um, so we opened that like two weeks ago, I think, and it's been really great in there. We're just chatting horror with a bunch of listeners, and it's really good group of people having some really awesome discussions. So if you'd like to be part of that, uh, check us out on Discord. Just uh, ask us for a link and we'll send it to you and any of our social media and uh, you can join in on the fun. It's It's been a really good time. So huge shout out to everyone in the Discord. It's just been like a ton of fun. 
Yeah, it's going even better than I expected for it to only be going for a week. But yeah, it's been super active in there. So thank you so much to everyone that's been hanging on Discord. And we've been posting a lot of like behind the scenes stuff. And like people already, we posted about the interview um, before we announced it on the show. So, you know, you get some behind the scenes stuff on, about the show as well. So yeah, pretty cool. Cool. Yeah, what about you, Todd? Anything new in your neck of the woods? Um, no, not really. I mean, I did a. I'm doing a video game quest for 2021 um, for playing all the Resident Evil games as they in the order they were released. So I just finished Resident Evil Zero, which is a prequel to Resident Evil One. Um, so yeah, I'm just gonna knock those out this year. That's about it. Yeah, and if we want to hear you talk about those games, is there a place or something that you might uh, be talking about those games? Oh. Funny you ask. There is a place. It's called. I forgot our own title. The the Let's XP Gaming Podcast, found on any podcast network. Oh, that's awesome! Totally didn't see that one coming. No, and I didn't mean to set it up that way, but it worked out. So yeah, yeah. But I, I love um, the Resident Evil series. It's like it's got a good mix of scares, gore, um, over the top bullshit. Because there's a lot of over the top bullshit in those games. Um, not as much as the movies, but. Like I was like fighting like a giant centipede the other day. I'm like, damn, this is weird. But yeah. Yeah, but it's always been like that. I mean, in Resident Evil yeah. 1, uh, I remember fighting tarantulas and stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a frog too the other day. I was like, well. Right. Um, yeah. And there's eight coming out this year at uh, the village. So mm -hmm. going to be pretty cool. And a lot of, you know, as far as the Horror Squad podcast, uh, there, there's Resident Evil, a TV show and a movie coming out, I think in 2021 for both of them. So uh, it's a franchise that's def definitely getting a big revival in 2021, and I'm, I'm happy to see it. Um, you guys want to get to some questions? Sure. Well, you didn't have a choice anyway. <laughs> I was going to do it regardless of Very your true. answer. Uh, if you'd like to ask us those questions, you can do so on social media at the Horror Squad Podcast or by email thehorrorsquadpodcast at gmail.com or on our Discord because that's the easiest place for me to find them. And I really appreciate it when you do it there. Um, the first one comes to us from Mandy. She says, hey, squad. I recently saw a trailer for a show about The Rock's childhood, a.k.a. Young Rock. If there were going to do a show about the childhood of a horror icon, which would you pick and why? Ooh. Does this have to be like a character? Or could it be an actor? Yeah, either? good question. Uh, I don't know. She doesn't specify. I'd say character probably, but... Uh, Elvira. Oh, That'd is that what on. the young is the wrong young rock about that? Is it about like the rock character as a child? It's about no, it, it's about his life uh, in okay. three different stages like when he's a kid, when he's an early teen, and when he's a late teen. Oh, okay. What would you say, Todd? Uh, I said Elvira. Elvira. Oh, that'd be fun. Get into yeah. some, some mischief. She has like a really interesting story. Um, <laughs> She does. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't she hanging out with um, Elvis, Elvis at one point? Yeah. yeah, she like dated Elvis when she was like underage. Yeah. And like, she was like, she went to Vegas to like strip when she was like 16 or something like that. It's like crazy. Uh, there's like a bunch of, I think, I think it was the Mick Garris podcast. I heard, listened to that. And yeah, it was a, that was really, yeah. yeah. Give that one a listen if you can, if you want to know a little more about Elvira. Um, I'm going to say young Sam. That's the story I want to know. So, like, younger Sam? Wasn't he, like, yeah. eight? Sam, no, like, Sam from our podcast. Oh. Me? Yeah. We're, we're, like, <laughs> Sam, the, the kid? <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, I assumed it was me, but... 
I don't know if you could handle it, Joe. Oh. Okay. Were you wild as a kid, Sam? Or were you... I wasn't wild. I don't know. I had a lot of stages in life. Um, I was a very shy... I started out as a shy kid, and then I kind of acted out for a while. Um, so, yeah, it was. it was... I don't know. Some of it's blocked out of my mind. <laughs> Were you wild, Steve? No, I, I was like a little freaking goody two shoe as a kid. Uh, <laughs> it, it's in my teens that I kind of shifted for a little while, yeah. and then it, it eventually shifted back to, you know, being more of a, I guess, decent person. But there was a few years there. There's pretty rocky. Yep. I think we all go through that. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's part of life, huh? Yeah, I mean, I, I was a teen during the, like, wrestling attitude era, you know, it's just like... <laughs> you are telling people to suck it? <laughs> yeah, you know, like, flipping, it, like, mom. fucking teachers off, like, like, you know what I mean? Oh, it was, boy. It was just a way of life back then, so, uh, yeah, there's, there, there's definitely a few years there that I kind of wish I could go back to and change some things, but that's, you know, that's what makes you grow into the person you are today, I think. I could totally see Steve being in like a backyard wrestling league, like when he was younger. That's awesome. No comment. <laughs> oh. We'll have to find the tapes. Exactly. Uh, you guys got any more ideas for who you'd like to see as a horror icon in their younger days? I'll go with, I'll just go with Todd's. I like Elvira. That'd be interesting. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. All right. Um, I like to see like Pinhead, like maybe Aww. when he first joined Hell or something. I think I stole that from someone. I think like someone a in, comedy. A, in a question <laughs> told us that, but uh, I thought it was a great idea. So at some point, I think that'll come back in the questions today. I would like to see Charles Lee Ray, like maybe how he became a serial oh. killer. Yeah. That could be good. Yeah, no, for sure. All right. Her next question is do you consider natural disaster films as a subgenre of horror and can you give you give me a few recommendations Ooh. um natural disaster is that what it is yeah yeah um crawl comes to mind does that count that's what i was thinking joe uh I, maybe it depends i mean because it's like whereas twister you could maybe not say because there's not like a the cows aren't coming to eat you but if there were <laughs> cows that were trying to eat you definitely yeah so i would say crawl for sure it's also how it's played right because yeah. twister's more of like a action adventure mm -hmm. and then crawl is obviously a horror movie so i think it's just all you know what they're going for yeah yeah definitely i mean twister is like definitely scary <laughs> at part yeah. for sure uh, I've, I love that movie so much. It's so good. good. And you get the shining scene in there too. So yeah, yeah. you've got some horror in there. Um, look at that. It is a horror. Movie yeah. Now. As far as like other natural disaster ones that might be horror. Um, nothing like really comes to mind. I guess like, I mean, Armageddon and like deep impact and stuff like that. <sighs> but I wouldn't really classify yeah. those as horror. It's like dramas, right? Yeah. I mean, I did cry though when Bruce Willis. I can you know, stay died. away. <laughs> oh, yeah. What movie was it? Armageddon? Yeah. That's a good movie, man. Yeah. Uh, I got one that's a natural disaster, but it's definitely a horror movie. Have you guys seen uh, Aftershock? No, that's the Eli no. Roth one, right? He uh, acts in it. He doesn't direct yeah. it. But okay. yeah, he gets his face burned off by like a 
escape prisoner. It's pretty gruesome. I always heard bad things about it, so I never gave it a shot. I, uh, I mean, it's nothing like the right home about, but it's got some like really good kills and you know, cat and mouse game kind of thing. What's the one with Stallone where like he gets stuck in the tunnel? Daylight. Yeah. What's yeah, what was it? Daylight. I haven't heard, even heard of that. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, it is a good one. There's like, what is it? There's some sort of natural disaster happen and they get like, st- I think it's an earthquake maybe or something. Yeah, I think it's an earthquake, something that breaks both sides of a dam and they're kind of stuck in the middle. Or maybe it was, maybe it was a terrorist thing. I don't remember. But something makes them stuck in a tunnel and they have to get out because the water's starting to go through it and stuff and they're under a river. So, what a, a good movie. What- what era was Stallone was that like 90s yeah I, I, I saw in theaters so probably like 96 97 cool. yeah they, they sell it with a two-pack with Dante's Peak which I fucking oh, Dante, love. I, I, I remember seeing Dante's Peak in the theater and I got really yeah. upset yeah, yeah it's, it's a good one yeah. when, when the, the grandma fucking, sacrifices yeah, grandma yeah that's <laughs> fucking brutal man <laughs> yeah that's a uh, old Pierce Brosnan huh yeah yeah yeah, and then you had Volcano the same year. That's yeah. when like things would come in twos. Yeah, Armageddon <laughs> and uh, Point <laughs> and deep, deep Deep Impact. There you go, which was terrible yeah. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so there's a few then, uh, and and a whole subgenre of horror, uh, natural disasters, of course, is all the tornado movies, Sharknado, Clownado, uh, yeah. or Ar- Arachnado, and you know whatever you could stick in a tornado apparently is now a thing arachnado is actually one i, I want to watch this year it's uh that i don't there's something about that that freaks me out like it's one thing about having a fucking tornado but having tarantulas like all inside i can it, see uh, that it's being more realistic though you know yeah <laughs> seriously <laughs> you, you, ever, you, you ever see those um you, you ever see those like pictures i think it's in india where when they have i think it's a flood all the, the tarantulas go into trees and into um like the wires and the whole fucking thing is covered. Like the whole town is covered in web. Have you guys no, ever seen that? Disgusting. No. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna send it in the chat and in the Discord. It's fucking freaky as hell, and it's like thousands of spiders that are just trying to get away from the ground because uh, of the the flood that was there. Fucking freaky, man. Ooh, here's an, here's one we didn't even mention. Uh, well, I don't. I wouldn't classify this as a natural disaster horror movie, but uh, knowing with uh nick cage nick cage yeah that's yeah. Uh, it's like semi it's a, I, well it's like yeah. it, it gets weird because isn't like aliens involved at one point or something yeah that, that's why I'm, i wouldn't consider a natural disaster one yeah uh yeah maybe like yeah but it, but they it, they did just warn us because there was like a solar flare coming or something right so right it's like yeah it's kind of natural disaster yeah right <laughs> it's a weird one right uh all right and her last question this week if all the horror icons went to prison for all their crimes, but you had the authority to pardon just one, who would it be and why? Ooh. Pamela Voorhees. Oh. Because she was a vengeful mother. I like it, Todd. And they deserved it because they should have been watching little Jason. He's not a good swimmer. Damn fool kids, man. He's not a good swimmer. He's not. Okay, they, she yeah. told him that. Wait, but the, the counselor she kills weren't the actual ones that let Jason die, though, right? True. Hmm, I can't think of one like uh, that. You know, worth pardoning. Um, yeah. They all they all did some pretty bad shit. You know, once they're, I mean, some people I guess are more justified in their killings than others. I guess. What about uh, what about Stu and his um, 
accomplice in uh, Scream if they would have lived and they their plan would have worked like they would blame it on the movies? Do you think they would have got off? Uh, yeah, I think they would have. Think so? Yeah, I think so. They they had like everything, um, you know, cleaned up pretty well. Like if they could actually have gotten away with it, because it totally would have made sense that the dad would have like maybe possibly snapped or something. So I would have went with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And oh, all right, I know who I would pardon. Ben Willis from I know what you did last summer because those kids fucking deserved it because they fucking hit him. And <laughs> dead. They did. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that one too for sure. Um, Sam, you got anything? Nope. All right. Uh, so moving on, we have a question from uh, horror fan Ryan, which he asked over on our Discord. With Christian, uh, sorry, with Christmas and New Year's over, what is a holiday that needs more horror movies based around? I actually think Valentine's Day horror would be great. Yes, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, it's a good one. I would go with Thanksgiving, though, because there's like hardly any revolved around it. The only two I could think of is like Blood Rage and Thanksgiving. I, I don't think there's really any others. Oh, and, go, like... and the Amazing Pilgrim. Am I right, guys? Oh, God. No. How dare you all? <laughs> like Flag Day, Pizza Day. Doesn't have, Easter doesn't have many. What was that? Meh. Easter doesn't have many at all. Uh, they have ones that we watched. What was it? Yeah, I mean, Bunny, Bunny Man, Man Massacre, Massacre yeah. which yeah. is terrible. The best thing that's about that Easter is the Easter short in holidays. That's like, that one's really creepy. Yeah, the creature thing, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there, there aren't any Labor Day movies. Like, I, I want one day that just people go fucking crazy on Labor Day. What about wow. uh, Canadian Boxing Day? There you go. Canadian, Put your yeah. victims in a box. Do, do you guys have Boxing Day? Is that a thing? No. In there? No. Okay. No. So, so it would just be called Boxing Day then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That that'd be a a fun one. Isn't Boxing Day just kind of like uh, Black Friday? It's like a bunch of sales, right? Yeah. So so basically, the like Black Friday is. You know, the switch from when companies go from red to black because they sell so much stuff after Thanksgiving. Boxing Day is, okay, all the Christmas stuff is over. So the day after Christmas, they before they box up all their shit, they try to sell it off. So they put it super cheap. So that's the idea behind Boxing Day. Well, here a little tease for you guys. I'm actually going to talk about a movie called Father's Day tonight on my What Watched, which is definitely a holiday that doesn't have many movies. Yeah, that's true. I can't, well, other than Father's Day, I can't think of anything that's Father's Day. All right, cool. Uh, moving on to Mr. Captain Amazing 85 over on our Discord. He says, Would you play an open world type video game that was horror based like Grand Theft Auto, but you could get, to, but you get to be a serial killer slash slasher slash paranormal entity, or you can be a survivor? Uh, yeah. Yeah, isn't Definitely. there already a game like that? Um, Friday the 13th, I guess, is the closest thing, right? Well, it's not really like GTA, though. It's not like open world. Yeah. A Manhunter kind of. Or is oh, it Manhunt? I see what you're saying. Kind of like that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that would be amazing. I, I wish it was already out. <laughs> I mean, you, you could be that in, in Grand Theft Auto, really, if you feel like it. Yeah. You know? There's no real limit as to what you can do. I'm sure you'll get chased by cops and stuff, but I guess that's true to any horror film, mm-hmm. right? Eventually. Mm-hmm cops are coming after you but it'd be cool if it could be open world but like you could go like different open worlds like 
Elm Street open world, Camp Crystal Lake open world. Like you can go to all the different, like it's all in one map, you know, and you can like go all over. That'd be cool. Yeah, that, that would be really cool to see uh, an open world, like Horrorland, you know, all the horror worlds yes. gather into one. And yeah, that'd be fucking awesome. Never would happen because of licensing though. <laughs> yeah, they could fake it. They could call it, you know. Sure. Like uh, Elmer Street instead of Elm Street. Just like <laughs> right. get around it. They, they always do shit like that. Yeah. Uh, Todd, you got anything to say on this one? Uh, no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, gamer. I, z- I zoned out. To be honest with you, All I right. was thinking about That's my cool. trivia questions. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next question. He's asked: If a horror villain wrote an autobiography, who would you be most interested to read, and who would be the weirdest? I think Freddy would be twisted due to the child murders and other things. I'd love to read a book from Pinhead for the trip mm. into hell. That's a good one. It is a good one. I think Jeepers, uh, Jeepers Creepers would be a really good one to see, like, throughout the, the ages what happened, you know? Mm-hmm. Cool. Like, in 1920, I fucking blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm going to go Charles Lee Ray again, I think. Chucky, because I think his whole story would be really interesting from beginning to end. So you know, you're on a little Chucky kick lately? Um, not really, but I don't know. Like he came on my head earlier and he's just I don't know. Like I really want to know. He came on more. your head earlier? <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. A little doll action. Um <laughs> but no, I I just really would like to know more about like his backstory. We never got like a real good backstory on Charles Lee Ray, so I would like to know more about him. Well, weirdest. Ooh, weirdest is I think Freddy's definitely would be a weird one just because like chat he was a child killer and stuff so I think that could be like super weird and creepy even though he wasn't like a child molester that we hey, know of well he is in the remake but it's never said in the original franchise just that he was a child killer hmm. so uh you know what might be interesting is uh, Michael Myers if he was able to formulate you know his thoughts and sentences <laughs> Like just like that's his, what I was gonna say, Todd. Yeah, like his psyche. Then everyone would buy so many copies of the book because they would be like, "Finally, Michael is writing a book. He's telling us why, where, what's going on in his head." Because you were home. That's all he says. Oh. <laughs> um, Jason like would be the same page. way, right? I think Jason's would be the the weirdest because he'd probably <laughs> just like, "Well, I was in the forest for forty five years, and that's it." And he learned how to shoot a bow and arrow, apparently. Well, you just hate the remake, Joe. <laughs> it's not that bad. Yeah. Um, I think I'd like to hear about Leatherface's kind of experiences. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know you'd be you'd be fucking crazy, yeah. He's got a like s- severe mental handicaps. So I don't know if he's I mean, writing books. doesn't Jason too though? Yeah. That's why I'd be like, I was in the woods. Yeah, someone else write the book though for you. Like in Shadow Rider or something? Ghost Rider? Mm-hmm. Okay. You can write it, Todd. Uh, Steve's the writer. What are you talking about? You've written some horror movies. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, a little tease for the interview tonight, Stephen Kostansky. He also wrote Psycho Gorman. He's, wrote, he's written just about all of the horror movies he's done, but we talked to him about um, the writing process in the interview. You write Manborg? He did. Obviously. He wrote 
He wrote everything he's directed besides uh, Leprechaun. Number one, man. I love that character. Hey, man, board. <laughs> um, yeah, and, he, and, and I don't. I don't think he wrote uh, his next project, which is the Day of the Dead TV show. Yes. What? When's that yeah. coming out? October. Well, from according to him. Teaser. It's we talk about it a little bit in the interview. Yeah. Well, I didn't listen to the interview, obviously. <laughs> well, you're gonna have to actually listen. Well, maybe to one you for should. Once, Todd. Sam, you're usually on my team here. <laughs> is it what network is it gonna be on? <laughs> Just tell me that. The very end of this episode. Oh God. <laughs> no, actually, I don't think we talk about that. I don't know what network is gonna be. Actually, it's in my hard news tonight, so I might have it. All right. Uh, and our final question tonight, I believe, I'm gonna have to double check, but uh, uh, to follow up Ryan's question, if, if you could make an obscure holiday, what would it be? For me, purge for retail workers, so I can say whatever I want to get a customer to a customer for an entire shift without getting fired. Oh yeah. wow, <laughs> that'd be dope. <laughs> I wouldn't mind that. Yeah. <laughs> like the Starbucks oh. workers would all like, can I have extra caramel? Like, do you need it though? Uh, retail is just the worst is it? like have, yeah, have, it have, really has is. everyone here had a retail job at some point yep yes that's like the majority of the jobs that i've had in life i mean does a supermarket count yeah did, did yeah. you deal with the public a lot it depends what you did at the supermarket yeah, i, I he, did he on yeah. underage girls that's what he did remember yeah <laughs> right i was uh well i started as a bad boy and then i worked my way to the meat department he was beating meat in the back room there indeed i was isn't that a pretty like good career though? Quiet. Like, it is, yeah, it is. They actually asked me if I like I wanted to become like a an apprentice, like meat cutter, and I was like, I'm good. <laughs> that's a good like. Um, it is a good career. Like you actually, they actually make good money. I was gonna say that's a good like front for your if you're like a serial killer too. It is. You know, oh. You can grind up the uh, bodies in the back room there. And feed them to the patrons. Yes. What's what's some of the worst, like one each, uh, one customer interaction that you're like, ugh. Oh my gosh. Can you think of one? I've definitely dealt with some like really like rude people for sure, but no, there's like not one I guess in particular that comes to my mind. I haven't had I haven't had to deal with the public though in like well over a decade. Like since I left the supermarket, like I'm an electrician now. Uh, I don't really. We, we're, and I do commercial electrical work, so I really don't deal with the customer because that's like what the owners do and stuff. So I don't worry about it. Anything come to mind, Sam? Um, not like one particular thing. Just it's like when I worked at Yankee Candle, um, there were a lot of women who came in there who were just like housewives and would always talk about how they were spending their husband's money on candles and I would just be like oh wow like while they're working and you're just sitting on the couch how cool of you um and they would just like kind of treat you and like belittle you um just people like that and then at the vet clinic um people would yell at us like if they couldn't afford to pay for their pets vet bill yeah, that sucks. Yeah, but I was pretty good at, like, I don't know. I'll, I have a very sharp tongue. Obviously, I can't say what I want to say when I'm, like, at a job. But I do a good job at, like, putting them in their place, letting them know that, like, they're not going to talk to me like that. And if they want to have a 
mature adult conversation to get a solution to the problem they need to bring it down a few notches and usually that works because they're like oh you're not gonna let me treat you like shit okay so listen up all you karens out there yeah uh when i worked retail i never worked um like retail retail i was always loss prevention so i didn't really have to please the customers um so you know a lot of interactions were people stealing and you know the territory that comes with that but i deal with the public every day and a, uh, a lot of a lot of grown men and women are huge children man like mm -hmm. um one of my main focuses is like safety right so i got to make sure we're following all the laws and stuff so you would think people would be like oh cool i, I don't want to get my hand cut off you know what i mean but people are fucking babies dude especially with covid like i'm like hey you gotta wear your mask you can't wear your little pecker hanging out um yeah, <laughs> I love that meme you said. I know, I just thought of that. <laughs> no, but everyone, everyone is special, um, especially the younger crew that comes in, like the ones that are in college. They, for whatever reason, they think everything revolves around them. And then you got the older people that feel like they've been around the blocks, so they don't have to listen. So you get like best, best of both worlds, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy to me. Like if you well that too but if you treat someone like shit when you go to a restaurant fast food place um a retail store like you literally are such a shitty person grow the fuck yeah. up and learn some fucking manners like you're not the center of the universe sorry to break the news to you but no one cares <laughs> hey for for those people who have to deal with customers you know a, a, a quick trick i learned um if someone comes up to you and they're hot you just go like well why are you mad at me and they're like, oh, well, well, I'm not. <laughs> like, okay, that that's like usually shuts them up. Um, why are you mad at me? But uh, yeah. I love that. Or you can just say, "This is literally my first day on the job. I have no idea either. Let me find someone else to help you." <laughs> then you run away. <laughs> yeah, it sucks, man. Like, uh, I mean, I talked about it in the past. I, I ran a sex shop for a while. And our business was twofold. Uh, it was video and like toys and stuff. But the video side, we also did rentals. Yeah, of course, <laughs> that goes without saying. Um, the videos, it was, all, was both rental and sale. And it was the fucking late fees, man. Every time that I impose late fees on people, people would freak the fuck out. How many times are they jerking off to them at their late? Jeez. Oh, I no don't know. kidding. But, like, know, go get just... a new one. Come on now yeah it's it's just it was never fun but the, the thing i liked about well the type of work i did is if they didn't pay their late fees then i would basically be like okay well we're gonna call you for the next month at home tell you to tell you know on the voicemail exactly who we are and why oh, we're I calling and name out the movies and if they didn't answer after a month we sent a letter <laughs> a registered letter That's with funny. the titles of the movies <laughs> like, oh yeah, my we, gosh uh, and people would usually pay hey, their is late your dad fees. there? No. no. Can you tell him that anal beats one is still out? <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. It, it, trust me. People uh, uh, paid up pretty I fast. I believe it. This is Steve uh, from the anal dungeon. Of course I. <laughs> <laughs> of course I, I probably risked you know getting shot or That's something funny. because eventually I was going to piss someone off. Enough, you just got to say, "Why are you mad at me?" But yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. No, I, I've dealt with some fucking like interesting people. Like, I'll say that much. Uh, but at least with that job, my the people who own the store really didn't give a shit if I talked back. You know, they made enough business that they felt if I felt someone was too rude that I could just kick him out. 
I can't imagine all the that. germs on your DVDs, man. Oh, yeah, they're we, all we like sprayed, the penis juice and stuff. Oh, man, yeah, oh, especially in the VHS days, oh, because boy. yeah, like people would often not rewind them, and then you knew exactly like kind of where they finished. Yeah. It was just it was, it was gross. <laughs> yeah. What? I hate that so much, Steve. <laughs> I hate that <laughs> did you ever talk to him steve about like favorite scenes and stuff hey oh i, I saw you oh, rented a no 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 no, no. no not favorite scenes you, didn't, you didn't you didn't take it all the way to customer service land huh? no <laughs> i mean i mean sometimes uh, they talk about preferences about like what like they'd ask me for recommendations and stuff what was um, like the most common recommendation like bondage or something you know surprisingly um like older people Romance. like uh, older younger oh um, was it older dudes it was, looking for that yeah it was no it was both oh. like older dudes wanted cut scenes with like younger girls and because they can picture themselves right. more as opposed to like a you know buffed guy like doing a girl and the younger guys surprisingly would come in for like kind of 50 40 50 year olds oh. uh, you know, wait so the older good, men wanted yeah. What did the older they wanted men the want? mature ladies or no, the older no, men they, wanted young ladies? Yeah, the, the older men wanted scenes of an old guy with a young girl to so oh, they could picture okay. themselves, and younger guys wanted videos of like older women with younger guys. Huh. It, yeah, mm -hmm. so that was that was really popular, and then you know, yeah. the younger lesbian and all the regular stuff that people. What was the weirdest? Like either like, hey, do you have this title or do you have this genre request? Uh, well, not often, thank God. But and you're like, in, you should go to jail for that request. <laughs> yeah, once in a while, I'd get a, do you have anything under the desk for oh, me? Oh, Lord. Ooh, ooh. I'm, I'm talking about like... I, I, always, I always made sure to have the dirtiest, like grossest, like stuff under the desk that wasn't illegal, you know, uh, that I knew they wouldn't want. And then they'd be like, this is not what I'm talking about. And I'm like, well, this is all I'm going to offer you because I'm going to kick you the fuck out of my store. Yeah. Uh, no, but as, as far as like legal stuff, um like fishnets or nylons or like foot fetishes in general like really kind of it, it happens more than you would think yeah foot fetishes like, are so, so popular. weird to me mm -hmm. it is it's really weird like yeah. I, I personally just don't get it but that, that that's one that always kind of i don't know kind of skews me out uh and some people would ask for animals but we, we oh. didn't care no. that. Oh. If, if yeah. I would kill someone if they asked me for that if I worked in a porn store. Well, we, we, we didn't have it. It's don't worry about yeah, it. Do you have any centaur? They actually legally sell. They can legally sell those. Not not where I was from. Thank God. Uh, so what they would do, and maybe this is getting into too much detail, but they'd sell videos where it would be like a girl next to a horse. And then in the in the actual video, it'd just be a girl and a guy doing it next to a horse, as opposed to. <laughs> no, so it's like, like, I don't situation. even like that. I know. He's it's like, no, can I just have some oats, dude? Like, yeah. like no, fucking get are weird. the fuck away from me. Oh, How bizarre. I'd say that's like a small percentage of people. Uh, the majority of people wanted regular stuff, you know. So mm -hmm. thank, thank, it, was like more, it was more like actresses and stuff like, do you have this actress or do you have uh, one that was really popular when I was working there was um, the Paris Hilton movie, uh, yeah. the, Pam, oh, the yeah. Pamela Anderson oh. movie. And there's a movie called Pirates that people went fucking Pirates. psycho over it. It's that like movie, a, I remember that movie at Blockbuster. 
No, not pop. No, Pirates? Not Pirates of the Caribbean, Jeff. No, Blockbuster. <laughs> Blockbuster used to have had like softcore, uh, like porn, like at certain, like in certain sections of their store. And I remember the Pirates cover. And you're saying okay. Blockbuster like gave me a huge <laughs> dose of nostalgia right now. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, yeah. Well, we were actually on the on the Discord. We were talking about old school like video stores, and that was a cool discussion because nice. fuck, I miss it, man. Like, yeah. Suncoast, baby. Mm. Mine was called Video Thunder. Oh, that's a cool oh. title. Yeah. Mine was called Castle Video. That's a cool title, too. All right. And that's all the questions we had. <laughs> I think we <laughs> over-answered on a few of those. So uh, hope you enjoyed the segment. Uh, we can't do it without you. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds Coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds Coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. Are you doing news, Joe? Do we want to do what watched? Uh, let's do what watched first. All right, who would like to lick it off? I'll go. Me, I'm not ready. All right. Okay. I'll go. Um, so my first movie it was from 2018. I watched it over on Tubi, and it's called Rest, Wrestle Massacre. Um, oh, okay. I was, just, I was just looking for something to watch, and I saw this. I was a big wrestling fan, especially in the 80s and 90s, early 2000s. Not so much anymore, but I thought I'd check it out. I didn't hear anything about it, so went in completely blind. It's about a groundskeeper who tries out at a wrestling school and is humiliated at the wrestling school because he gets beat by this old man and he just goes fucking crazy and just kills everyone. Uh, and it, he thinks it's going to impress like this one girl that uh, he worked for. And it's just, anyway, uh, it's an indie film. It's very, very low budget. The acting is bad. You know, the shots and everything, not that great, but holy shit, this movie surprised me. There are, a lot of fucking kills in this movie uh some really cool unique ones um there's some there's a thing that the the character makes that was really fucking cool and gross at the same time i don't know i don't want to spoil it because i hope people will go and ch check this movie out now there is a huge cheese factor uh some of the scenes are like super goofy uh some he goes into like random wrestling matches with people and stuff like that but overall i would recommend this one like if you're into cheesy uh, low budget films with a lot of kills and stuff and a lot of gore. Uh, this one's one to watch. Uh, I, I'd seek it out on Tubi. So it's called Wrestle Massacre. Tubi. Tubi. Sammy. Tubi. Um, I don't have anything this week. I don't know if Joe will talk about it. I'm not really sure. Um, Joe, were you going to talk about the Richard, uh, the Night Stalker documentary uh, on Netflix? Was, I was not. Okay, well, I'll just talk about it real quick because I didn't. I don't think I watched anything else. Um, so we tried to watch the new documentary on Netflix about uh, Richard Ramirez, um, known as the Night Stalker. Uh, Joe talked about it because I guess people were saying online that it was really gruesome. It was too much. It didn't need to go there with all of the um, brutality and gore and stuff like that. And so we tried it out. And uh, 
I, I guess I was just expecting it to be worse as in like the gore and stuff, but it really wasn't. Um, I felt like it, it started, we only watched one episode. I don't even think we finished the first episode, but um, it's more of the approach of the detectives, I believe. Joe, correct me if I'm wrong at any time. Um, but it was just, it just started really slow and I, maybe I'm just not really familiar with the whole story. So I'm, I'm, I'll try to watch it again, but um, yeah, if you watched it, let us know so we can find out next week and maybe I'll decide to uh, keep on with it. All right. I guess I'll talk about Manborg now. Manborg. Uh, Man it's, on my, it's on my list too, so I'll talk about oh, it. Manborg. So I want to know why you gave it a one and I gave it a freaking five. Uh, Manborg is a uh, all over their place over, all over the place type of film it's about count draculon has an army of demons that conquer earth uh one of the soldiers is killed but or is he he's brought to, back to life as a manborg in the future and he joins forces with some um humans that are like kind of like gladiators for the demons and they decide to fight back um i loved it because it reminded me of watching like Jean-Claude Van Damme movies or like random um, apocalypse movies when you're like 10 years old. And it took me back to that and I was really into it. And I know it's not like the best film obviously, but I appreciate the heart they gave into it. I mean, I think you said it cost what, a thousand bucks, Joe? Yeah. Yeah, so I appreciated that. Like it's probably him and his buddies made a film over X amount of time and they just had a great time filming it. And you can tell they had a fun time because everything was just so hilariously over the top. So I give it a perfect score. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I decided to check this out because Steven Kostansky, who we're having on tonight, um, directed this one. And actually all my movies tonight are Steven Kostansky directed movies. I decided to go and essentially watch his whole entire filmography of uh, the movies I had not seen yet. And Manborg, I got to say, it just wasn't my cup of tea personally. I think it's his worst um, movie out of all the ones he's done. Um, but I, there is some fun to be had here for sure. I think it is like the perfect midnight movie. Um, the perfect movie to watch with like a big group of friends, like with some drinks and just have a good time with. But I just can't in good conscience like give it a, like a, a good rating or even a recommend because it's just it's a bad movie i mean it's intentionally bad but it's like even for an intentionally bad movie it's just like not good like it i just wrote you're I, not good I, well <laughs> i just did not find the comedy to hit for me um a lot of the time and yeah, I mean, it just wasn't my my cup of tea, Todd. I'm sorry. That's, I mean, it's not my movie, but stereotypical Asian with like a stereotypical Asian voice, hilarious voiceover. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, I mean Australian there, guy. I it was funny. <laughs> I just I, liked. I thought, it. I thought the intro was pretty damn good. Yeah, I just had a great time watching it, and I appreciated the effort they put into it. Just no, yeah, if, I mean the, the fact that it was made for a thousand dollars and made in his garage is is definitely impressive. What did you think about Steve? Uh, well, I, I saw hate it, it as well. Yeah, I saw it like a year ago. Um, I don't forget which episode I talked about it, but basically, I feel like the same way as Joe. Uh, it, it reminded me of a 1990s like cutscene from a, like a uh, what is it, a CD-ROM video game, uh, like something like Return to Zork. I don't know if everyone anyone has ever played that. Command and Conquer had some good ones. 
yeah command and conquer had that so it was entertaining for like 10 minutes but you know after that i was just kind of okay you know <laughs> when's the real movie starting it just i don't know i just couldn't get into it i tried to watch it again it's not available here anymore so if i ever see it again maybe i'll give it another shot you know maybe it was my expectations i don't remember but yeah i i definitely didn't like it when i first saw it i watched over the span of about three days um so i never had like a full dosage it's so never outweighed as welcome yeah i think that could that's a big part of it because like for me it was kind of like corona zombies where like it's really fun oh, for like the first 20 minutes and then the novelty wears off and i'm just like oh i still have another 40 minutes of this huh so yeah, I think in doses it would be fine. I really think this is like the perfect movie though, like I said, for a, a big crowd, big audience. I think you can have a lot of fun with it that way. By yourself, uh, not not as much. Well, I was by myself and I had a lot of fun. So don't <laughs> listen to Steve or Joe. Sam loved it too. I think Sam yep. would I think Sam yep, would, see? Hate it, she would she would definitely hate it. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> what you got, Steve? All right. What about uh, me? You just went. That, was that that work? Oh, okay, yeah. All right. I forgot we, <laughs> oh my you, god. You, well, I forgot we both talked Earth about that to share. <laughs> you you share. can talk about another one. Do you, do you have another one? I do, but no, that's fine. You can go, Steve. All right. Um, so my next one uh, is from 2017, also found on Tubi, and this one was recommended to us by Chuck, and it's called Talon Falls. In this one, a group of teens stop at a haunt in Kentucky while on a road trip. Once there, they're offered special passes to skip the line. Little do they know they're now part of the attraction. Um, so this is a premise I've seen before, especially lately. It just happened that I was in the kick of like haunt uh, type movies. And this one, uh, you know, it does a lot of the same tropes where they're at this big haunt and people are acting weird and then they're put into the whole thing. But I would say that I actually really enjoyed this one. Uh, I was a little hesitant at first. The acting was a little hammy. Uh, the gore, I didn't know if it was going to be any good or not. Like I, was, I wasn't really convinced at first. But as the movie progressed, I think there are a lot of really good things in it. There's some torture scenes that are really gruesome. The setting, which is apparently based off a real haunt, according to Chuck, which he used to go to every year, except this year because of uh, COVID. Um, so, you know, at least, you know, the setting is real so that adds a lot to the whole experience and uh yeah it's just it's really good uh it's an hour and 15 minutes which is perfect so it doesn't overstay its welcome and i would recommend this one if you're into haunted house like uh you know come uh, attraction type movies like um what what blood fest uh Hellfest, uh what was the last one i talked about last week there um haunt is one of them um yeah, just a bunch of them. So if you're into that kind of movie, I would recommend this one. So it's called Talon Falls on Tubi. Started watching it today, actually. Oh, yeah, cool. How did you get far? Um, they have figured out that they're in, in a like, the actual <laughs> shit. So yeah, cool. As far as I got. Awesome. Uh, and Sam, before I, I know you said you had nothing else. Did didn't you finish uh, Surviving Death this week? No. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Well, Sam, I got something you could actually talk about if you want. What's that? Uh, you finished your own backyard, the true crime podcast. Do you want to talk about that a little? Are you going to talk about it? I wasn't. Okay, guys. So if you are looking for an amazing podcast about true crime, Joe and I just finished, um, what is it called, Joe? <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, your own backyard, which actually was recommended by Todd. Todd! Thanks for giving me the credit, Joe. Todd. Sam quickly forgets. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, Todd, <laughs> so you listened to it? I did, yep. Oh my god. Okay, that podcast changed my life. <laughs> oh, wow. Not like changed my life, but that was like the best podcast about a true crime that I have ever listened to in my whole life. And I've listened wow. to a lot of them. Um, so it's about a girl named Kristen Smart. And it was back in, I want to say, 98, 2000. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Todd or Joe. So, yeah, but somewhere around there, yeah. Guys, it is so good. So pretty much this, um, what is he? He's like a... He's a college kid. A call is he a college kid? Yeah, yeah. he's no, I'm he's, talking about he's, he's uh like wanting he's going to school to be a journalist or he was at the time. Oh the the podcaster guy. Chris. Yes, I'm talking about Chris. Oh okay. Okay, anyways. So he I guess he okay, so it's about this girl, Kristen Smart. Um I'm not gonna tell you like she ended up going missing during um Labor Day weekend, and there were three people that saw her on the night that she went missing, and there was a random guy who was seen with her. He was the last person to be with her, and then after that, she came up missing. Fuck um, Paul. Yes. Fuck Paul. Okay. Fuck so, his dad. Fuck his mom, too. Yeah, everyone. Um, and so this guy who grew up in this town, there's a big billboard that had Kristen's face on it and it talked about her going missing and everything like that there's a guy who grew up in this town driving by this billboard all the time and um eventually as he got older he wanted to kind of look into the case and see what it was all about and he did such a fabulous like he's a fucking detective he is a detective. Someone needs to pay him for all the work that he did. He goes back and he looks, he, I can't even tell you guys how amazing it is. Like I'm, I'm at loss for words. I really am. Whenever I like tell Joe how much I loved it, I'm just like astonished at how great it was. Um, but he goes back and he talks to like her parents. He goes through notebooks. He connects different people that the cops didn't connect. Like he did such an amazing job and you just gotta, you gotta freaking listen to it because the way that he tells the story, the interviews that he includes, the audio that he includes, it's just really well produced and it's the best podcast I've ever heard. You, you listened to the follow-up episode, right? That aired like months In after November. Yes. Okay, cool. Did you uh, Google it and see that they made a couple of arrests? A couple of arrests? No. Well, they, I'm, you know what? No, I think that's wrong. I think they arrested somebody and then searched somebody's property again. Yeah, they ran a bunch yeah. of search warrants. Yeah. Um, like for all for all like Paul's family members and stuff. Yeah, like fuck, that. fuck all of them, man. You know what sucks? It's the evidence is there, people. Like I just don't understand. Like they, I don't. Okay, and then they also go back and interview anyone who was involved in doing like the radiographing of the ground who like just any person that was hired to kind of try to see who was guilty and to see if they could find her body or wherever she was at 
and he goes back and interviews these people and they're talking about how technology has changed rapidly just even in the past few years and they talk about what they would have done differently they talked about why certain things weren't followed through and it's just like everyone everyone knows I don't want to say no because you know but he's guilty like he's guilty he freaking did it and is he in jail I'm not gonna tell you maybe he is maybe he isn't maybe he died maybe not but you should go listen to it because it's amazing I couldn't stop listening to it um I would fall asleep I'm rambling on too long but just go listen to it and let let me know what you think it sucks for like every excellent like case and police work you hear like where they nab the people and you know solve crimes and stuff then you hear one like this and you're like gosh damn like what the hell yeah like so many like so many red flags so much evidence like you got human scents or whatever on his bed yeah you got an earring that belonged to her it's like what like how do we not put this like it sucks man it sucks. You have like for some they the whole flower bed situation. Yeah. Oh my god. The, whole, the fucking watch that they kept hearing. Yes. Like, it's just insane. Like you want to pull your hair out and you're just like, what is happening right now? Yeah. Him lying about the black eye a few yeah. times. He had defensive. <laughs> he had defensive wounds on him. Like. Yeah. It's yeah. It's crazy. Hey, have you seen uh, the last picture that someone took of him at like a convenience store? He's a fucking creep. I don't know if I've seen that one, but I did look him up. Yeah, he's a creeper, dude. I'm part of the Facebook page and the groups now, Todd. Oh, oh, you dived right in all the way, huh? I did. Like, and I we would fall asleep listening to this. And there was one day that it's all I listened to. I didn't get any work done. I just sat at my desk and I was like searching things. I was Googling. I was like going down the rabbit hole, like. It's, it's crazy. And I would fall asleep listening to one episode, wake up in the middle of the night and restart it because I'm like, I need to figure out where this is going. Yeah. No, it's, it's so it's good. Show. Very well put together by that guy. Very well put together. Yep. Um, okay. Uh, my next movie is one called Deep Blood from 1990. It's on um, YouTube right now if you guys want to watch it. It's a VHS rip. So it's really cool to see like wavy lines and the audio breaking, things like that. Uh, it is a wannabe Jaws knockoff with, I want to say zero shark. Yeah, they don't. I don't think they show this shark at all, except for like stock footage. Um, but it's all over the place and it's pretty bad. It's about a group of kids that make like a blood oath when they're when they're young, because they're hanging out with an Indian older Indian man, and he's like, if you want to be like a warrior, you got to do the blood oath, and they do it. Fast forward like 15 years, and one of the kids gets killed by the shark, so they're like, remember the blood oath? We got to go avenge our friend. And they do that. Um, you have weird subplots, like one of the kids wants to be a professional golfer, but his dad's like, no, you're going to be a fucking, whatever the hell he's going to be. Uh, a cop that's like, like the typical hard ass, like I don't got time for this shit, but he's got a heart of gold. And then you have the punk kids that just pick on everybody. Um, terrible movie though. Wouldn't recommend it, but it's free on YouTube. So deep blood. Right. All right. My next one is from 2011. It is a trauma movie called Father's Day. Uh, this one is about a uh, a guy named Chris Fuckman, who is a uh, murderer and rapist. He is out there uh, killing and raping uh, fathers. 
particularly for whatever reason. Um, and uh, this man, Ahab, uh, who was a young boy when his father was raped and murdered by this fucking guy, is now an adult and he is hell-bent on revenge. Um, he has he actually tried to kill this fuckman guy when he was younger, but uh, he actually ends up killing the wrong guy, is sent to prison, and is um, released and befriends a priest and also a, another uh, guy whose father was killed by fuckman. And the three of them basically go on a tour of revenge against um, this guy, Chris Fuckman. Um, this movie is disgusting, disturbing, but also hilarious. Um, you know, it's a trauma movie, so know what you're getting into, but I gotta say this could very well be my favorite trauma movie I've ever seen. Um, I really, really enjoyed this movie. Uh, you know, it's, there's a lot of gross shit in here, a lot of disturbing stuff, but it's actually like a pretty well put together together plot and uh, I found myself like laughing out loud a lot of it while also um, cringing and being disgusted at times as well so uh, a caveat it is a trauma movie know what you're getting into but uh, I had a lot of fun with this one and I definitely recommend it Joe's your last one The Void it is do do you have another one or uh, you just have that left no just The Void all right Uh, I'll talk about something else then because I also had The Void um so my last one today is one from 2016 that i found over on amazon prime and it's called bodies aka paramedics uh i saw this as a recommend on youtube uh, sorry on twitter so i figured i'll check it out had nothing to lose in this one two paramedic brothers take victims to a secret location so they can harvest their organs for money when they kidnap a girl that reminds them of their dead sister they keep her alive as they deal with their family and psychological issues. Uh, this is a low-budget film, and it takes place mostly in one space, which is kind of like a, like a surgical room where they're holding this girl hostage. And the, as you like start to figure out why they're holding her hostage and not killing her and harvesting her organs like they do everyone else, and it turns out that it has to do with their dead sister, like I said, uh, that not only are they not killing her because it reminds her of her, but they used to sleep with their sister, both the brothers. And it, it goes into this really weird fucking incest love triangle uh, that makes no fucking sense. But uh, it's it was surprisingly a pretty interesting story anyway. The acting was actually really good for a low budget film. That's pretty rare, but I have to say the actors involved all did a great job. Uh, the gore is pretty good when there was some, particularly when they're harvesting organs from other people. And uh, they did a good job of kind of hiding that this was a low-budget film uh, by using clever tricks that I thought were really cool and made it look like a higher budget than it probably actually was. So I came out pretty surprised with this movie. Other than the weird incest shit that they get into for a while, uh, I would say this is a recommend. So I saw it over, over on... Uh, Amazon Prime, Bodies, a.k.a. Paramedics. All righty. I got one last one right here. Let me pull it up real quick. Okay, 1983's Mortuary. Um, it stars a very young Bill Paxton, who, man, one of the best actors of all time. Rest in peace. Um, it's on Shutter, Amazon Prime, if you've got those. And it is about a... Bill Paxton works at the Mortuary. He's a, He works in his dad's business. Oh, and actually has the... Um, his dad is the main park ranger from Grizzly. So that's fun. Um, 
so basically these kids see like a seance right where they think like the the parents of the town are like fucking doing some weird shit because one of the girls dad had died earlier um but it turns out they're not so evil after all and there's a person walking around with like a like a dark like kind of like a scream costume without the mask and he's killing people chasing girls around the town things like that and we're trying to figure out if the girl is seeing shit or if there's actually a hidden killer and bill paxton plays the fucking weirdest creepiest little dude uh he's in love with this chick he gives her roses hits on her in front of her boyfriend um and yeah he's just kind of charming too um it's kind of slow at times and it not like they don't deliver too much on the horror but it's um pretty decent for a 1983 movie so mortuary plus bill paxton r.i.p uh, all right, my last one tonight is from 2016, and it is called The Void. Uh, the Void is about um, this uh, police officer who finds this man uh, in, like, the middle of the road soaked in blood. Uh, he takes him to a hospital that is kind of it, – it's in, like, the process of moving, I guess, or closing. Um, so it's kind of like a bare-bones hospital. Uh, but he brings him to this hospital um, and some crazy shit starts to happen. And uh, basically these cloaked figures um, surround the hospital so no one can leave. And what happens inside is even crazier as these, you know, crazy monsters and creature things start being unleashed within the hospital. Uh, and I'll leave it at that. Uh, yeah, this one is from uh, the same director, of course, Steven Kostansky, as all the other movies. Same director, Denise Cycle Gorman. Um, and um, I had seen this one before, but it had been a while. Um, so I wanted to, you know, revisit it. Um, and honestly, my thoughts did not change much about this one. Um, I think this is an okay movie. I, I think there was a, a lot of potential there, but it just just missed out on being um like what could have been an excellent movie to me is just an okay movie um i gotta say the practical effects in this movie is what really makes this movie the practical effects are just like top notch um a lot of reminded me a lot of the thing in a lot of ways um just i mean it's honestly worth the watch alone for the practical effects um the first half of this movie is really good and then um it just really loses me in the second half uh unfortunately uh but yeah i don't know what do you think steve ditto <laughs> like yeah. almost exactly how i felt about it uh like you said the creature designs are fucking fantastic the makeup is great the body horror is great and i like where it was going for the first half uh, when the cult starts showing up and kind of like in numbers and they're surrounding the hospital, I'm like, oh, okay, I like where this is going. And then it just takes a weird fucking turn and never really recovers, unfortunately. It just gets really fucking weird and for no real reason. But um, you could definitely tell uh, the director is a makeup artist because mm -hmm. one of his signatures that I've noticed from all his films, including Psycho Gorman, which we'll talk about tonight, is how cool his um, creature designs are. And this movie, no exception. So for that reason alone, I would also recommend it, checking it out on Tubi, uh, which is where I watched it. Um, it was cool. It's just, it kind of lost its way in this, as far as the story goes in the second half. I watched it. Yeah, Ty, I saw you gave it one star, which I felt was a little harsh. It's, yeah. I, yeah. The, the practical effects 
didn't save it in my opinion. I just thought it was super boring. Plus, when it came out, it had a lot of hype, and people were like really on this movie. So that's probably makes it a little bit lower for me. All right. It's no Manborg for sure. <laughs> All right, Todd. It'll be it'll be interesting though whenever you watch Psycho Gorman, Todd, because if you gave Manborg a five and this a one, uh, Psycho Gorman's kind of in the middle. So I'm curious if. Like, where are you going to go with it? Because, I don't know. It's, it'll be interesting. Yes, we'll see. Mm-hmm. I want you to watch it for next week. And uh, back. Okay. <laughs> All right, what are we doing? Are we doing some horror news? Sure. Okay. All right, horror news, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, first thing I want to talk about is Sci-Fi's Day of the Dead series. Yeah, that's right, Todd. It's going to be on sci-fi. How do you feel about that? Not very good, Joe. Not very good. (laughs) Okay, well, so uh, a little bit more about it. Uh, Sci-fi has given uh, the green light on a 10-episode series, uh, which will be um, based, of course, on Joe Romero's Day of the Dead, with tonight's director, Stephen Kostansky, um, going to be uh, doing the episodes and he uh, teased a little bit about uh, what we might be seeing in the series. Um, so a little bit of plot details here. Uh, so the series was written by um, Jed Elenoff and Scott Thomas, uh, who also showed run, uh, who will also show run. Uh, Day of the Dead is the intense story of six strangers trying to survive the first 24 hours of an undead invasion. This ode to Romero's famous flesh eaters reminds us that sometimes all it takes to bring people together is a horde of hungry zombies trying to rip them apart uh, well that's not the plot of day of the dead so i don't like it oh all right Todd. Uh, back so me Kostansky, up steve i agree <laughs> kostansky in a in a, uh, in an interview uh said uh he uh wrapped up working on it back in december uh he shot the first four episodes of the 10 episode series uh he did say it does have ties to the original movie but he could not go into too many specifics um he said it was a very scrappy low budget affair and i had a ton of fun making it uh we got masters fx to once again provide creature effects for it so i can say that at the very least the zombies are super awesome uh, he said, it's a very weird, interesting show that I don't think is what people are going to be expecting. So, yeah, that's uh, all the info we have for now. Um, but, yeah, keep an eye out. We'll let you know when it will be premiering on Sci-Fi. Any thoughts after hearing those thoughts? Sci-Fi, damn it. Oh, <laughs> damn. Yeah, Any, know, right? Anything but Sci-Fi would have been better. <laughs> God, oh, well, I'll still, I'll still watch it, but damn. Yeah. Well, you never know, but probably not. <laughs> Has Sci-Fi ever put out anything good? Uh, uh, face Off. That's it. Face Off. Yeah, oh, Face Off. That's an entertaining show, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Next bit of news here. And some big news. Maybe not completely horror, but I think definitely in the realm as Godzilla versus Kong has been moved up a full two months, ladies and gentlemen as we will now be getting Kong vs. Godzilla on March 26, 2021. Are you guys excited for this? And should honestly, should we? Is this something we should possibly consider reviewing for the podcast, or is it too far out of the realm for us? We did King of the Monsters. We did. Unfortunately. 
I loved it. <laughs> well, I like that one. I'll go to bat for that one. Me too. I, I didn't like the acting or the humans, but the fucking creatures were Yeah, too much amazing. humans, man. That's the monsters. <laughs> exactly. I don't care about the freaking chick from Stranger Things. Give me the monsters. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, when I don't want to look like, when I don't want to look at Vera Famiga, you know, it's got to be that. Um, yeah. But fuck, uh, the monster fighting was so cool in that movie. So I'm psyched. I'm super psyched about it. I actually started watching uh, some of the Godzillas and King Kong movies from the past. Uh, I'm on a big kick of that right now. So I'm, I'm pumped for this. Can't wait. All right. Well, keep an eye and actually let us know. Let us know on the dis- on our Discord if this is something you guys maybe would want us to review. I think this could definitely be a fun one and kind of a little change of pace for us. So Actually, just one thing I want to say about it. Yeah. I find it weird that we're two months, not even two months away and we've seen basically nothing of this movie. Right. That's uh-huh. To me, that's never a good sign. <laughs> true, true. Uh, all right, Sam, this one's for you. Sam, do you remember the movie Searching that we saw in theaters? Yes. Okay, Todd and Steve. Uh, yeah. That's the Asian gentleman. Yeah. Yeah, John Cho. I never watched it. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Oh, okay, yeah. it was great. Yeah. Yeah. But Steve loved it. Uh, yeah. For those who have not seen Searching, it is basically uh, shot like found footage style about a uh, young teenage girl who goes missing, and John Cho plays the father who is trying to. Um, mm basically play detective and trying to figure out where his daughter went and where she's missing. Um, well, it has been announced that we will be getting a sequel to The Searching. Okay. Um, yes. So, um, so far, uh, so plot... Hold on. I got a bad joke. Okay. It's better it better be called Still Searching. Ooh, I like it. Talk. I like that. Ooh. Thank you. Searching right. Still. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, currently, uh, well, the working title right now is, I guess, just searching too. But the plot is still under wraps, um, but it will feature a new set of characters and uh, an evolved thriller format where the story plays out on the screens of the characters' devices, such as like the original movie. Uh, the original star Cho, um, Cho, who breaks into his dark computer when she goes missing in a desperate attempt to track her down. Um, yeah, that's really all the details we have for now. But yeah, it looks like we will be getting a sequel to Searching 2. Kind of interesting. I didn't think we would ever see that, but um, I'm all for it. I mean, like Steve said, the first one was great. So excited. Wait, for I'm one. sorry, Joe. What? It's going to be about the same guy? No, it's going to, I think it's going to be a completely different story. A different story. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All righty. Next bit of news Shudder, ladies and gentlemen. We know you all love Shudder. Uh, well, Shudder, to ring in the new year, is going to be premiering 11 new horror movies across 11 straight weeks. Um, so the first one just premiered actually last week, which was called Hunted, Hunted um, which uh, have you guys had a chance to check that one out yet? No, I'm not hearing good things about it, so All right. I'll watch it maybe, but I'm not that excited about it. Okay, well, uh, I won't go too deep into this. I'll just kind of, I'll give you guys the titles, but um, the next 10 movies that we'll be premiering uh, is called The Queen of Black Magic will be premiering on January 28th. A Nightmare Wakes will be premiering on February 4th. After Midnight will be premiering on February 11th. And that's actually a movie that came out last year that um, I actually saw on quite a few top 10 lists. So that might be one to keep an eye out on. Uh, Shook, which will be premiering on February 18th. One of our personal favorites, The Dark and the Wicked, which 
I think was on just about all of our lists, um, premieres uh, February 25th on Shudder. Lucky premieres March 4th. Stay Out of the Fucking Attic premieres March 11th. Coco D, Coco Da, which I've heard some pretty good things about. I think it was on a couple of Best of 2020 lists. Premieres on March uh, 18th. Slacks, which is um, about a pair of killer jeans, uh, premieres on March 18th. And finally, Violation premieres March 25th. So a lot of good um, new and original content coming from Shudder. Okay. Uh, all right, next bit of news here is the Swamp Thing series. Of course, um, premiered on, what was it, Steve? The DC Network there, streaming service? Uh, it was on CW, wasn't it? Yeah, well, it did make it on CW, but it originally was on uh, the DC Universe's streaming service. Yeah, I forget which day. It's it's on a major service now. It is on the CW. It, it did make it on the CW. Right. And a lot of people thought that the CW maybe would revamp it for a second season as, of course, the DC Universe immediately canceled it. Actually, one episode into the series. Well, sadly, folks, if you were looking for a second season of the Swamp Thing series, it will not be coming back to life as the CW's chairman shot down all um, rumors and said uh, it is very unlikely that we will be bringing back the Swamp Thing series. So I actually heard it was a pretty good um, season. I watched the first episode and I thought it was pretty good, but once I heard out, heard it got canceled, I decided not to continue on with it. Um, but yeah, for those of you who were hoping possibly for a comeback, those rumors are now dead. All right, next bit of news here. Uh, YouTube is going is giving you some free universal monsters um so uh over on the uh it's called fear the home of horror youtube account is going to be releasing all of the original universal monsters movies completely free on youtube um actually i think they're all out there now so you can check them out um including 1931's dracula 1932's the mummy 1931's Frankenstein, 1935's Bride of Frankenstein, 1933's The Invisible Man, 1941's The Wolfman, and 1948's Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein. All completely free um, in their entirety now on YouTube. Uh, once again, check out the Fear, the Home of Horror YouTube account. So yeah, there you go. Uh, next bit of news here is Quibi has officially been bought out um, by Roku, which means that 50 States of Fright will be going completely free on the Roku channel. Oh, um, I have a Roku TV. Yes, so I have been like championing this show, saying mm -hmm. how good it is. Um, so I really highly, and Sam's actually watched a couple episodes with me and she enjoyed them as well. So I, I definitely recommend um, everyone go check out 50 States of Fright when it does um, get on that Roku channel. Definitely keep an eye on it. It hasn't been completely announced yet when all of this content that um, Roku bought from Quibi is going to be hitting their programming, but I'm thinking it's going to be um, very soon. But a few horror fans, definitely check out um, Sam Raimi's 50 States of Fright. Um, the first two seasons were both really good, and I think it's one of the best horror anthology shows going right now. Just as good as Creep Show, honestly. So, yeah. 
Um, let's see if anything else I got here. Um, one last thing, I guess. Um, Lloyd Kaufman, um, just in an interview, came out and uh, talked a little bit about the Texas Toxic Avenger reboot that we are going to be getting very soon. Of course, Peter Dinklage is going to be set into star uh, in this movie, which I think is just a really interesting thing. Um, but uh, Macon Blair will be um, the writer and director of this movie. And Lloyd Kaufman interview said, uh, Macon Blair knows Tromer better than I do. He's seen everything. He's seen the cartoon. He's seen the Halloween special. He's seen everything. And he loves our movies like Tr <laughs> Tromer's War and Terra Firma, Kaufman Tells Dread. I've read the script and it's better than the original. And I leave it to him. If I'm called upon, I'd be happy to jump in. Um, and he said, uh, if they let Macon Blair direct it, I think it will be terrific. He knows the trauma sets of humor, the combination of slapstick and satire with the environmental theme. Um, so yeah, that is a little bit of update there on the Toxic Avenger re reboot. I'm um, take it for what you will, um, with what Kaufman says. Obviously, he is trying to, uh, you know, talk up that movie as much as he can. Uh, and one last thing a rest in peace. To Jason Takes, uh, Manhattan actor Peter Mark Rickman, who passed away at uh, the age of 93. He, of course, played uh, the school teacher chaperone on the boat in Jason Takes Manhattan. That's a good run, though, 93. Yeah, it, it certainly yeah. is. Yeah, it's a long ass run. It is. It's a good life. Uh, yeah, and that is it for horror news this week. Well, boys and girls, gather around for trivia 2021. You guys aren't excited as I thought you'd be. Uh, we'll go to the uh, the stats here. Sam in the rear with the gear with a two points so far. Woo woo! That's what I'm talking about. Holding up the badonk. Am I right? Smell the my backside? feet. <laughs> <laughs> trick or treat, uh, smell my feet. Give cool. me those trivia points now. We're a little early for the trick or treating, but we'll Never get there. Todd. We'll get there. Um, your two-time reigning champion in a distant third with four points. Steve, close second with seven. And Joe in the lead with a solid eight points. Where did Joe come from? Nobody knows. He's Googling. He's got an earpiece in his ear. He's freaking got Sam whispering him fucking notes. Who knows? But he's winning. Yeah, baby. Okay. Who would like to lead today? I'll lead oh. as, as the leader. I will also lead. Oh, I like it. Okay. Finish this famous horror movie line. They're only blank, Michael. Oh, oh worms. Noodles, 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 noodles. Noodles. You are correct, Todd. I was thinking about Michael Myers for some reason. That's what I was at first. <laughs> I was like, memories, visions, <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> Michael. I hate, I, I love that movie, but I hate how many times he says Michael. Looks has every fuck. every chance he gets. Dude, seriously, he's like, "Hey, <laughs> Michael, shut the fuck yeah. up." All right, I'll go next since I got that one. Um, Steve, I hope you saw this one. If not, then fuck you. Uh, <laughs> in the killing of the sacred deer. Great. You didn't watch this one? No, it's fine. Let's just keep it going. <laughs> All right. Sam, did you watch this one? Nope. Well, okay. Dang it. So, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> It's, uh, to be fair, it's been a while since I've seen it, but I'll, I'll I know, try. but no one. I'll, this will be a bonus question afterwards. I'll save it. Um, okay. 
Okay, off the top of my head here. Okay, in uh, in the movie P two, Justice for Tom. In the movie P two, what was Tom's? Uh, what was the his dog? Like, what kind of dog was it? Rottweiler. That is correct. Rottweiler. Nice, I used to have a Rottweiler named Buster. Oh, I had one when I was little. Her name they're, was Lady. They're good dogs. They are. They're so beautiful. Yeah, I made a dog friend today actually named Max. <laughs> you oh. did. I did bus stop. Uh, kids are back to school as of today, so went to the bus stop, and uh, there's a dog there, and he's like getting all over me. Like, all right, cool. Then I went to pick up my son from his friend's house. That dog lives there, and he runs out oh, and, pisses, wow. and he pisses on the floor because he's so happy. I'm like, cool, got a dog friend. Oh, <laughs> how sweet. All right, Sam, you got that. You're up. All righty. Um, are you ready? No, I'm just kidding. Okay, so mine is. Uh, tagline. Okay. Oh God. <laughs> this is, this is how I can hold you guys back. <laughs> I don't think I see. I don't think I've gotten a single one. <laughs> okay. It never forgives. It never forgets. What the fuck. Oh. Never forgives. Never. never forgets. And it's an it, so it must be an animal of some sorts. Um. Uh. No. I'll just throw one out there. Orca. <laughs> I, I can't think of any. No, not Orca? Okay. <laughs> Jeepers Creepers. No. I, I don't know. It's the Grudge. Uh, oh. Uh, <laughs> I okay. never would have guessed that one, to be honest. Me either. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, so all of mine this week are at, uh, quotes in movies. So you have to tell me what movie it's from. Oh. Okay. Uh, the first one actually, actually comes to us from uh, Kayla. So thank you very much for sending that in. You guys ready? Yes, sir. This is no dream. This is really happening. The boogeyman is real. No. Oh, I, th I thought I had to finish the quote. <laughs> Wait, no. what, is the, what am I doing here? Well, what, you have to name the movie from that quote. Uh, House of Thousand Corpses no. or okay, Devil's Rejects. Okay, Todd, Mr. Give Three Options. Which one is it? A, a neighbor on Elm Street. What's the thing again, Steve? What's the quote? This is no dream. This is really happening. And I have to name the movie. Yeah. This is no dream. This is really happening. Texas Chainsaw? No. You guys Devil's, all give up? Devil's Rejects? Nope. Darn. You guys give up? Yes. No. This is no dream. <laughs> this is really happening. This is no dream. This is really happening. Um, that was good. Am I am I close? Am I saying it kind of how it's said in the movie, Steve? Uh, give some hints there, sport. <laughs> you want some hints? Yeah, give some hints there. Uh, this question was written for Sam to get a point. <laughs> no, no. God damn it, Halloween. No. Uh, Jennifer's body. Jesus. I don't hand. Can we get another? <laughs> All right. No, I think that's it. I think you All right. yeah. What was it? So it was Rosemary's Baby. Oh, boy. What is it again? This is no dream. This is really happening. No dream. This is oh, she's getting um, raped, right? By the demon? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Raped, yeah. Darn it. Thank you, Darn. Kayla. You stumped them all. Gee whiz. Wow. 
you know what? You guys better be prepared because I'm going to announce that I need trivia questions next week on my Insta stories. Oh, snap. So I'm excited. <laughs> and, and you're going to all like, who's the killer in Friday the 13th? <laughs> I know. Well, I'm going to specify like it can't be this and this. Because I told you, I was like, I don't want to look up trivia. I said, why don't I just be the trivia asker? Like I ask you guys. And Joe's like, well, you would still have to find the trivia. And I was like, <laughs> no, I'll just ask. Everyone can just send them to me the whole year. <laughs> I think you got to play still. Yeah. You're, you're one point tonight. That's tied for the top of the night. Oh, yeah. You guys can suck it. Oh, just joking. All right. Well, this question was also sent in by Kayla. Oh, so it's, it's a sad movie. Get ready. Uh oh. <laughs> no. So, according to actress Ellen Bernstein, how many people? She's in The Exorcist. <laughs> how many people involved with The Exorcist died during production? Oh, seven. seven. I heard two people say seven. Nine. I said two. I heard someone seven. say nine. I said seven and nine. Well, so Stephen, give it to me. Stephen Samble said seven at the same time. I said yeah. seven first. Who said Sam, nine first? Sam did. <laughs> but I guessed seven. Sam, first. Sam is correct. Well, no, but we all guessed wrong, so you can take another guess after you guess wrong. So you got it. So yeah, Sam got it. Yeah. yeah. Two points. Sam got oh, it. You guys nine. are so cute. Steve's like, yep, Sam nine got it. People, <laughs> nine people. So actor Jack McGowan, who played Burke Dennins, died from a heart attack related to a case of the flu shortly after completing wow. finishes his work on set. Vasiliki Malarios, whose only role was in The Exodus, also died during post-production from natural causes. Actor Jason Miller's <laughs> father's son was struck by a motorbike uh, and killed oh, during damn. filming. Really? Other deaths include Linda Blair's grandfather, a night watchman, a special effects expert, and a cameraman's oh, no. newborn baby. I'm like, so nuts. I didn't know that about Jason Miller. That just Do you think that's crazy timing? Just a coincidence? Or surely there's been, I feel like there's been a documentary on that, Joe. Um, I'm sure there has. Hello. About all the killing, the passing. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah, I think there is. The, yeah. the, the DVD extras. I don't remember which version, either the original or the one that added the spider scene had a thing about all the shit that happened on set and like the set burnt, caught on fire and all this other shit. But yeah, I don't know. I think it could also be they're looking for things, you know, mm -hmm. if you took a regular film project that took a year to film and post-production everything and right. you hired, you know, how many people, if I could, 400 people, and you're looking like, oh yeah, like her grandfather died. Yeah, Come on, that's true. Yeah, like that's just gonna happen. It's just you're mm -hmm. kind of looking for it. I think. I think it's all for marketing, to be honest with you. Yeah. Some fucked up marketing. Yeah. Well, it worked for the Exorcist, right? Like, it's, it's it's like it's almost like an, I know you haven't seen it, Todd, but Scrooge. It's like someone dies watching his commercial. He's like, oh, wow. oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can't buy this kind of publicity. My turn. Uh, yeah. All right, you gotta, you gotta give me. You, you gotta sound like the guy, okay? You have to sound like him. I'm not gonna count it. In Vivarium, what does, what sounds, 
Okay. Woof, woof, woof. Shut the fuck up, Steve. <laughs> is that it? Yes. <laughs> Son of a bitch. What sound does a dog make? Dan. Sorry, guys. He already got it. Failed everybody. I know. Steve. <laughs> I already put his one little measly point in there. It, it, it did that, that, was that a good that impression? <laughs> it was okay. I'll allow it. Good. All right, Sam. Or my turn again. Okay. All righty. Mine's also another tagline. That's what all of them are. Okay. Uh, Every family tree hides a secret. Hereditary. All right, Joe. Ooh, on the board. Wow, Joe. Okay. Good guess. I hear you, I hear you Googling, Joe. <laughs> I wouldn't even have time to Google that. <laughs> All right, so this is another tag, uh, not, not sorry, uh, another quote. So you have to tell me what movie it's from. Okay. I'm scared to close my eyes. I'm scared to open them. Blair Witch Project. That's correct. Fuck. Ooh, that's frightening. I, I, I even tried to say it not like she did, just so it would mess Joe up. <laughs> it <laughs> did not work. I'm scared to close my eyes. <laughs> I'm so scared right now. <laughs> Man, that movie was parried so hard. Oh my God, every God. movie for the next decade. Yeah. Are you that one? Oof. Until The Matrix came out, then they found a new movie to parody. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, with the bullet time, they were yeah. all over that shit. Yep. All right, thanks back to Joe. Mm-hmm. All righty, my last one for tonight. The actual case from The Conjuring takes place in what state? Um, it's uh, uh Delaware or Connecticut. Shit, God damn it. Um. Oh my God! It's it's one of those fucking. What one was what? What kind of? Wait, one of those. What are you thinking, Steve? I'm thinking like a, one of those farm states. Uh, one which of those one? farm states? Okay, let me think. Um, I don't. Wait, wait. <sighs> okay, well, Joe hasn't told me I'm wrong, so I can still guess. Yes. Well, technically. Yes. Wyoming. That's kind of what I was thinking, but no, I don't think it's Wyoming. North Dakota, South Dakota. I'm just going to name the freaking state. Which one is it? It's Virginia. Con- conjuring what, though? Conjuring what? part one. Yeah, the second one's in uh, England, so. Uh, North Carolina. One. Georgia. Part one. <laughs> Missouri. Ohio. Okay, Vermont. Rhode Island. Crazy. Getting a little crazy here. All right. with Missouri. I'll give each of you two, I'll give each of you two two guesses here, okay? So go, give me give me your two best ones. Oh, uh, uh, Rhode Island and uh, Ohio. All right. You got it. Steve got it. It's Rhode Island. God damn it! <laughs> Shit the bed. Okay. Uh, all right. See here. All right. And come to daddy. The villain gives the dad an ultimatum. What is it? It's sad I already forget this movie. Like... Yeah. Uh, if the, Unless the answer was Elton John. <laughs> I, know, I, know, I probably didn't I remember. What? It is that he needs to let the prisoner go or he will kill himself. It is incorrect. He tells them either he cuts off his ear or he drinks a thing of his jizz. Um, It's very nasty. I don't remember that movie much at all. 
No. Well, am I a musician? <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the only thing I remember about that fucking film. And, and his mustache, for some reason. Oh, God. His little, yeah, his outfit <laughs> yeah. was all over the place. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sam? Oh, boy. Tagline. Here we go. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, where did it go? Okay. Up your butt. Ooh. Okay, you guys better listen to this. It's quite a simple one. Okay. If they hear you, they hunt you. A quiet place. All right, Totter. Finally. Fucking shit. All right. Two's across the board. Who's going to break the lead here? All right. So, last one. Not this Steve. Is another, no. <laughs> this is another quote from a movie, so you have to name me the movie. Yeah. You guys ready? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes. There'll be food and drinks and ghosts and perhaps even a few more. Oh, uh, House of um, House on Hill. That's correct. Yes, finally. Almost said House of House Corpses again. Yeah. So I, I had one for each of you. One for Sam, one for Joe, one for you. Nice. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> All right. Here's my bonus question from Killing of the Sacred Deer. Nicole Kidman. Incorrect. That's, <laughs> the, only, that's, that's the only thing I know about that movie, so I know. <laughs> for two points since it's a bonus. Oh. Unless Joe gets it, it's only one point. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the, the only killer... one that's seen it. <laughs> well, I can get it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I can right. guess. Yeah, if you guess this, you're fucking demented. In the killings, in the killing of the sacred deer, what does Colin Farrell tell his son that he did with his drunk dad? So what does Colin Farrell admit to his son that he did with his drunk dad? He killed a sacred deer. That is incorrect. It's actually a... Uh, he ate a, a baby deer. I'm pretty sure. Wasn't it like a sexual thing? It was a sexual thing. Yeah. Yeah. He. Uh, oh, he jerked him off. Sam with the two points. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he uh, jerks him off and he says there was semen everywhere and it's a pretty uh, gross yeah. scene. Why did he do that? Uh, in the movie, he is convinced that his son is making it up because they kind of get cursed. And he's like, hey, man, you got to fucking tell me because the doctors can't find anything wrong with him. And he keeps falling over and passing out and stuff. Mm-hmm. So he's like, you know, what? I'm, I'm going to tell you a secret. And like, you can tell me a secret. Like when I was little, I I forget why he did it, but his dad was passed mm-hmm. out and he jerked him off and there's cum everywhere. And he's like, see, I told you something. Now you can tell me something. And he's like, I'm not he, making it up, dad. So he was just that like, movie... I jacked off my dad while he was passed out. Yeah. And he didn't say anything else. Nope. <laughs> That movie is so bizarre, Excellent. but it's like it is such a good movie. I love yeah. it. Is, like, would I like it? You, you would, I think you would. Yeah, it's very like uh, twisted family stuff. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'd watch it. I definitely would watch it again with you. Sam. All right. Maybe we can watch it this weekend. Sure. All right. Ready for the final tally? Uh, Sam with the strong four points brings her up to six. I oh, had three. Oh yeah. I had three. It brings me up to seven. Joseph with the two remains in the lead at 10 and Steve with a strong two as well uh, with the nine points. Close game. Anyone's match, okay. anyone's game going on. So send us in the, you know what? I haven't gotten any trivia questions. So send me some too. We appreciate you. And send me some too, but not until two, next Tuesday at 750 because I'll lose them in my DMs. Ooh, I'm slide, just joking. I, slide I'm, in your DMs. Don't I'm send. not demanding. I'm just teasing. Don't send Sam and Todd any questions until they both get their asses on Discord. I'm on it. 
Yeah, but you're never on it. Well, yeah, but I'm, I'm on it. <laughs> All right, fine. All right. I'll be on it. All right. All right. You guys doing I'll Psycho be, Gorman now? Psycho Gorman. Yes. Let us do it. Let's do it. Dad, you okay, sport? Is there such thing as monsters? What's with all the monsters on tonight? For every child, there is one time. One adventure. And one psycho. I will bathe in your blood. Cool. That makes all their dreams come true. He's going to kill everybody if we take him anywhere. Not unless I tell him to. Oh, God! For Mimi, that time is now. And that friend is... PG for short. I will kill you. PG. Rated R. Psycho Gore Man. It also says PG. Is that, oh, I guess short for Psycho Gore Man. Yeah, yeah, that's what they call him. Yeah. PG. Okay. PG. 2020 release. Stephen Kostansky, who you guys can listen to the interview shortly. Uh, siblings mm-hmm. Mimi and Luke unwittingly resurrect an ancient alien overlord using a magical amulet. They force the monster to obey their childish whims and accidentally attract a rogues gallery of intergalactic assassins to small town suburbia. Uh, all right, all you. All right, Joe, Steve. Sam, Sam. <laughs> you, you watched it, I, I, how about you lead us off? I can't, I can't. <laughs> all right, I'll lead us off, all right, folks. All right, Cycle Gorman. So this was our, this, I guess, is this our first, this, I, I'm going to say this is our first real 2021 release. Because yeah, I, I don't I, know I'd agree with that. Grizzly 2. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Grizzly um, 2, probably going to make a list at the end of the year, I bet. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, so, you know, Todd kind of gave a little brief synopsis here. Uh, but, yeah, basically this guy, Psycho Gorman, he comes from, uh, what's the name of his planet there, Steve? I already forget it. No, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, me neither. It's like Galax Galaxa or something like that. Yeah, Galaxia or something. Galaxia like that. or whatever. But yeah, he pause. He basically pause. comes down. Hey, Kayla, uh, Kayla, I have to apologize to you. I just saw you send me trivia. I will use it next week. Oh, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So basically, these kids they uh, like dig a hole. They unearth this medallion that um, basically gives them uh control like over this psycho goreman individual like usually this guy is completely crazy he'll just kill anything within his path but this amulet gives the kids control like he has to do basically whatever they say and do um that uh basically takes us down this path basically of these kids and psycho goreman basically um kind of like I don't know, enjoying each other's company a lot of the time. I mean, I think like the best way to describe it, and I uh, I saw someone else describe it like this, is basically like like a R-rated version of like E.T., like where these kids like are just having like crazy, like wacky times with this Psycho Gorman character. Um, with See, other... I, I thought it was more like Terminator 2, like John okay. Connor controlling the Terminator for his own pleasure. Like that, that's what it reminded me sure, of a lot. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Too. That's a good uh, 
description as well. Uh, you know, all and then basically there's these other um, creatures and beings that um, are trying to destroy Psycho Goreman because he is an evil god deity, whatever you want to call him. Um, and yeah, I guess we'll leave it at that. Uh, so Sam or Steve, what do you guys think? Um. <clears throat> <laughs> um, I don't know what to say. All right, right. Steve, why don't you leave? Yeah, I'll go first, and then you can uh, <laughs> kind of go off there. Uh, to me, this was a tale of two movies. This is both a great film and a terrible film all at once, and that's what it's. And it's hard to decipher where I felt about it because there are some moments of absolute brilliance: costume design, uh, creature yeah. design, makeup. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the originality of the creatures, uh, some of the humor really fucking hit with me. Uh, there's a, a boy, they turn into a giant brain with googly eyes for absolutely no fucking reason, but it's hilarious. And it just, I don't know, it just made me laugh. And there's so many like really cool things. I like the character of PG and Psycho Gorman. Um, I don't know, there's just some things that are just really, really cool about this. But on the other end, holy shit, this might have one of my least favorite performances ever um the little girl in this film to me and that's just my personal thought is so bad <laughs> like so bad she does not deliver one line in this film in a way that's like normal uh I, I, it's hard to describe how what the way she acts but I, and i know it's her character i know because what we talked to uh, the director right before uh, doing this but it just, I could not stand that character to the point where I almost wanted to turn it off just because of that character. Um, and I also find the story to be all over the place. Like there's a lot of lore behind it that they don't really explain that well. Uh, but other than that, I think there was some really fun stuff in this uh, in this movie. So yeah, I, I don't know. I was really torn between the greatness of this movie and how terrible this movie is at the same time. What do you guys think? Um, so I would agree with a lot of what you said, Steve. Um, no offense to anyone or anything like that. And I usually am like, just take a movie for what it is and move on with your life. Um, but just when Joe started playing this, because I was finishing up some stuff before I went out and just all I heard was like Power Ranger noises. And I was like, what the fuck are we about to watch and then I saw the little kids I knew it was about kids finding um what's his name CBG Goosebumps BBC the Bee Gees um whatever his name is no disrespect to anyone involved in the movie um but I I don't know I felt like just in just in the mood that I was in, I was annoyed very quickly with the movie, but I think that's just because I wasn't in the right headspace. Um, but I just wish the kids were a little bit older. Uh, I feel like it was like a Transformers movie, Power Ranger movie, plus Disney kid show with some amazing costumes, some amazing creatures. Um, I, I didn't realize that the brain was an actual kid before. I thought he was just a brain out of nowhere. So I must've missed that. He was one of my favorites, little cutie. Um, so yeah, there were some points where I laughed and some points where I was just like, okay, enough of this. But um, I feel like it's, I don't know, is it good for kids? 
No. Oh, it's too gory. No. Gory. I mean, it's very gory. It's very gory. It's yeah. very gory, but I feel like they already watch stuff like that as like with cartoons and stuff. It's I would like let a, my kid watch. I would let my kid watch it. It, right. it was like a Power Ranger movie, like a Goosebumps movie, like Goosebumps I mean, episode back in the nineties. Okay. Yeah, That's I mean, I, I, I do get, I do get what you're saying because it definitely has that like uh, that tone to it. So but it's like, very confusing. Yeah. 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 Um. So I don't disagree with like what either of you guys um are saying. Like, uh, but I don't know. This movie just has like so much heart to it. Like it does, yeah. That I just like really enjoyed it overall. Um, I do agree with Steve. Like, I do think that child actress is not very good. Um, but is she it did. The actress I was... or the character. Both. She stayed in character really yeah. well. I would say it's a little bit of both, for sure. Um, and she did, but I thought she did get better. Um, as the movie progressed, um, she was like almost I she hated get to know her. her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I she did grow on me a little bit. I never thought she was fantastic, but I thought she got a little better as the movie progressed. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I, I thought this was like a really, really fun movie. It, it's not a movie that, you know, is meant to be taken extremely seriously, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like, I, and I think at watching his movies back to back to back really helped me with knowing like what to expect going into this movie and obviously a movie called psycho Goreman. you know i think you kind of know what you're gonna get into here um i would think a good majority of the comedy hit like i think this is like the best um like comedically written movie he's done like i think like 90 percent of the jokes hit for me on this one um and it just makes you feel like a kid again which is obviously what he was going mm-hmm. for. It's yeah. got that super Power Ranger. It like, honestly, Psycho Gorman almost looks like the villain in the Power Rangers movie to me. Like in a lot of ways, I, I see like a lot of the similarities and just the, the music. You have those guitar riffs, like just like out of the Power Rangers movie. You got a super cheesy um, rap song at the end here at the end credits that just like brought me back to like the monster squad days with like those cheesy 80 songs um yeah i mean I, there I, there's just more good here for me than there is bad so uh yeah i i, I dug it yeah it's 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 quite the movie i'll i'll, I'll say that much um, oh my god yeah, yeah there, there's a lot to digest in this movie um but i just want to like i know i said it before but i have to say it again the creature designs are so unique and cool. They're awesome, yeah. Like, it almost felt, and we talked about it a little bit before, uh, quickly, um, it almost felt like they had a competition for Face Off, the, the show about makeup, yeah. and they put all the creatures, like, into this movie just as a, like, a because there's this, like, council that you see at some point, which I never really understood the point of. They didn't really do much in the movie, but they kept cutting back to them. But the right. creature designs of that council was so fucking cool that I, oh, yeah. I almost didn't mind just to kind of see what kind of creature designs they had going for them. Uh, yeah. And like you said, the comedy like just hit for some reason. Um, it's, it, and it's such, it's a lot of it's child humor, just complete. Like at one point they're talking about PG liking hunky boys, uh, which doesn't make sense if you haven't seen it, but if you see it, you'll, you'll get, but it's just like, it's really a kind of childish humor, but yeah, it was funny. Uh, it's just, I don't know. I'm really torn with this one because, like I said, on one half, I liked it, but on one half, I really fucking hated it, and I'm really in the middle, and that's why I was so interested to do the review with you guys and to hear what you thought because I am so torn 
between the two sides with this one. I mean, yeah, there's, I, I can see like why you would fault this movie, but I don't know. It's just like, it really made me feel like a kid, like watching like, you know, those old, like, just like action horror, like auction action, like horror comedy things. And yeah, it was just like, yeah, it was, I think it was like a lot, you could tell the director like had like a lot of nostalgia, like with this one, like watching those old movies and stuff. So it just really resonated with me personally. Um, and there's just like some really great scenes in here. Like when the montage scene, I, I just absolutely love when they're like walking around town with them and stuff like that. And just like all the goofy stuff they're go doing. And then just out of nowhere, he just like blows, he looks at a kid and blows him up. Like I could not stop. <laughs> that, 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 that was fucking hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was great. And then like when he like takes down the cop and then we have that cop sidekick, that's like, just looks like he's in like a tremendous amount of pain and he gives the girl a letter that just says, kill me please. Or whatever at one point. And yeah, there, there's just a lot of great stuff in here. Yeah, the cop melting was like actually gruesome, but then it oh, turned yeah. into a like it went from a gruesome kill to like a comedy character basically, right? Yeah. Uh, like almost instantly, and it was it was a weird transition oh, between right. the two, but it it worked. And the goofiness of this movie, I mean, uh, you know, obviously we spoiled the shit out of it already, but the entire like credit scene is just the brain character having dinner with his family right. <laughs> <laughs> like absolutely no sense to it he's just sit, literally sitting there having dinner with his family for the entire credit scene and it's funny uh, i don't know it's just it just works right right and the, the parents characters like the parents they're not in it like a ton they obviously come in a little bit more towards the end but i thought they had a pretty good uh some pretty good lines too especially the dad there like just being like the lazy like dad or whatever and you know and he and he like i don't know yeah. he, he had some good stuff in there too i liked him uh, what, what were as you can remember because there's so many uh your favorite creature design in this oh okay so S sam described him as kind of like a mars attacks looking alien yeah in, in the council there he had like that glass dome around his head yeah, yeah. and just kind of looked like a brain he was awesome and then um when they come down on earth to fight uh psycho gorman there my favorite one was like he almost looked like he like a machine and he had like arms sticking mm -hmm. out and he had like body parts inside of him or something yeah, like yeah. that yeah he had the blood yeah he's poured like the blood all over psycho gorman he was my other favorite yeah, and for me, it was, uh, there's one that's like a shaman slash witch. Oh, yeah, she yeah. was character. She was cool. Uh, she really cool characters. And I, I fucking love the brain. There's, I don't know what it was about the brain <laughs> that just made me laugh. Yeah. It kind of reminded me, for those who saw Hotel Transylvania, uh, of the blob from Hotel Transylvania, um, which in number two has a really great scene, which is so fucking funny. And it kind of reminded me of that character with the googly eyes and just the big brain. It's just so fucking random, but it made me laugh so much. Yeah, no, totally. What about you, Sam? The brain. I already said the brain. The All brain right. kid. Yeah. He reminds me of um, Meatwad from Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Yeah. <laughs> He's so cute. <laughs> and Psycho Gorman. What do you, you guys think of Psycho Gorman? His look. I like it. kind of reminds me of uh, the Cheapers Creepers. Uh, yes. Creeper. Um, but yeah, I, I like his design. I like the guy who played him. Like he, he played him really well. Yeah, he did. Uh, a, a mix of a tough guy slash having to do all the goofy shit that the kids are making him right. do. Right. Yeah. Uh, I liked his like costume you know, choices at some point, and his his humor is funny. Yeah, I, I, I like the character. I can see him if they make another movie, maybe becoming like a not an icon, you know, not like a Freddy or anything, mm -hmm. but 
maybe something like a, like an art to clown, you know, just kind of uh, an icon just for horror fans, not for mainstream yeah, fans. Totally, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I might get a shirt. I was going to say the, the director, a little spoiler for the thing, but he announced that they're going to be making a psycho Gorman like toy figure. I'm totally going to pick that up. Cause like, I, I would totally add that to my collection. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's about my thoughts on it. Yeah. Is there anything else? I, I mean, I don't think so. I think we pretty much wrapped it up. I mean, I, I like that. It, like, you know, it, uh, at the end too, it like, doesn't get like sappy or anything. He literally just goes and starts destroying the earth. Like, <laughs> when he just was like, yep. Yeah. yeah. Back, back to, back to it. <laughs> yeah. You, you think there'll be a sequel? Um, I could see it. Yeah. I mean, I, th- actually, that's probably a question we should have asked him. Uh, we got cut time a little bit on, uh, got short, cut short on time a little bit because he had to go do another interview. But that, that would have been definitely a good question to ask him. Um, I could definitely see it. Yeah. I, I think that he could definitely become like a little franchise. He's a, he's a good enough character. Yeah, I, I agree. I think a sequel could be fun. Um, I hope they, you know, get the kids out of it, but uh uh psychic gorman himself i think would be a fun kind of story and it kind of kind of alluded to a sequel there um, yeah uh, at the end so yeah i, I totally watched a sequel of this cool all righty you guys want to rate it sure all righty okay. i'll go first Steve? okay because i feel if i hear yours uh, i like both of yours i might get influence <laughs> okay uh, uh so like i said i'm really torn because there are some parts I absolutely love, some parts I absolutely fucking hated. But overall, I would recommend it. And I would even maybe watch it again because um, it was a fun movie. So I'd give it, and I know it's low, but I'd give it a six. There's just too much I hated of it to be like in my top tier, but enough that I think I would watch it again. So I, I, I feel comfortable with the six. Uh, this is tough. Okay, so maybe I would watch it again. Uh, and like how Joe said, it definitely had a lot of heart. So that's going to bump up my score just a little bit. And my rating is going to be a 6.5. Alrighty. Uh, yeah, there really wasn't anything, uh, I would say I hated about this movie. Um, it's definitely not perfect, but like I said, it's a really fun movie. It's definitely something I would watch again. The Psycho Gorman character is is great. Like, I think he might be this year's Uncle Peckerhead for me of just, like, maybe my favorite character of the year. Still very early. We shall see. But, yeah, I mean, I think there's way more good in this than there is bad. Um, so I'm going kind of high on this one. Uh, I'm going to go seven and a half. And I'll go uh, perfect score, 10 out of 10. <laughs> uh, would you th- uh, t- yeah, Todd, what do, you, what do you think, like, just based on our thoughts on it? Is it something... Um... Uh, uh, red flag for me is what Steve said about the child actor that can ruin yeah. it for me. Um, but then some other stuff, it's like sounded really fun. So, and the, and the brain kid I'm interested in too. So yeah. I'll definitely give it a watch. Yeah. I think you would like it, Todd. Um, I think you'll definitely have some issues with it for sure. But I think overall you'll have, a, especially if you like to like Manborg and you know, it's kind of in the same vein in a lot of ways. <laughs> So I, I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah, but I mean, the difference with Manborg, though, it sounds like is like they tried to be bad actors, you know? And right. it sounds with this one, she might just be a bad actor. So, yeah. But we'll yeah. see. 
Yeah, and just a, a note for our listeners, uh, now I know because I get asked this once in a while, uh, the movie, the day that we released the episode is going to be on VOD, but when we were watching the screener, I noticed that it had the Shutter uh, logo before the movie aired, so presumably oh, cool. it'll, it'll be on Shutter within the next two to three months max, so oh, cool. uh, that'll be a chance for you guys to see it. Yes, sir. Right on. Do we have any uh, word on what we're going to watch next? Um, no word on that. Um, when are we doing a? But possibly. Exorcist. Uh, that's like in March. Yeah, we're gonna okay. do like the first or second week of March. Right. I would think so. Start maybe thinking of watching it because it is ten episodes, I think. So. And we're probably going to most likely, pending, gonna have a very special guest on next week, that a lot of you have been asking a lot about to have on so hint, hint. next week yeah it's supposed to be oh. is that big hollywood no no <laughs> all right should, should be but <laughs> why, don't you, why don't you just tell him chill okay i'll just tell you um my mom who a lot of you guys have <laughs> talked about wanting You're to have so on um yeah we're gonna awesome. talk Hopefully talk some ghostly stuff with her. Uh, send in some questions if you have any questions for her. Um, for those that kind of know the story uh, behind this. But she's going to talk about kind of like her whole experience and all of that. Yeah. Uh, I would I would say for a teaser of what this episode might become, go listen to the host episode where we went yeah. pretty heavy into ghost stuff. Uh, which kind of, you know, spawned this. And uh, man, I can't wait. I'm pumped. I'm not fucking conjuring any spirits, so I'm just telling you right now. <laughs> no, we're not. It's not going to be like a seance or anything like that. No. She's just going to talk about kind of. I'm going to, you know, I, I figured it'll be kind of like a um, an interview per se, I guess. But um, I think it'll be a lot more looser than our normal interviews, and just kind of talk about uh, like you know the first time she saw her spirits and kind of like you know. Well, we should do a ghost movie for that episode. Yeah, we should do a ghost movie for that. Maybe one. Lady in White or something. Yeah, I think Lady in White would be a good one. It's an old, old one, one I haven't seen in God, maybe twenty-five years. Um, isn't and, and that, for isn't that the M. Light Shyamalan one? No, 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 no. That, that's Lady in Water. Oh, gotcha. Now Lady in White is like eighties. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, for listeners who want to ask questions, uh, feel free to send questions for Joe's mom. You know, if you have kind of ghost questions or uh you know people can talk to the dead questions all that kind of stuff uh shit could be fun yeah i'm super looking forward to it that's for damn sure oh yeah i wonder if she's gonna come on and say oh hello samantha <laughs> <laughs> throw some shade at her <laughs> oh, what hello, samantha oh she likes sam Maybe on, not. Maybe I'll come. Maybe we'll turn it into like a Mori episode on this one. Oh, oh, Dang, hello, Todd. Samantha. Dang. Are you feeding my son? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh. All right. Thanks oh. for listening. Come, <laughs> check out our Discord. Yeah. Thanks for listening. And listen to the interview. Yeah. Listen absolutely. to the interview. Check it out. Send me those trivia questions. See you on Discord. Bye. 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 Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Horror Squad podcast, where today we are joined by a very special guest. Uh, horror fans will know him best for directing Father's Day, Leprechaun Returns, 
uh, and also one of his breakout hits, The Void. And uh, today he's here to talk about his latest film, Psycho Goreman, which will be releasing on January 22nd. The writer and director, Stephen Kostansky. Stephen, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, so can you start uh, by telling our listeners a little bit about uh, Psycho Goreman and where you came up with the idea for it? Uh, yeah, I mean, PG is kind of a culmination of a lot of experiences I had as a kid watching movies, uh, specifically movies uh, that were maybe for a more adult audience, uh, sci-fi horror movies that were R-rated and that, uh, you know, as a kid, you're enticed by all the uh, kind of fantastical elements uh, and then you watch the movie and are kind of overwhelmed by the violence and uh, more adult content. So specifically experiences like watching Terminator 2 as a kid, uh, I remember being uh, totally enthralled by the chrome robot shooting purple lasers but then at the same time being horrified by the uh brutal violence of people getting their kneecaps shot out and uh, stabbed through the eye and so pg in a way is like a, kind of a summation of those experiences um and basically like a kid's movie for adults to try and like recapture that experience to a certain extent uh, as far as like the actual plot of the movie uh, I came up with it uh, while I was watching the movie Rawhead Rex nice. and uh, I just started riffing uh, in my head on like what I would do with this idea of like an ancient evil being resurrected uh, and I just started matching it with other genres and I matched it with like you know the kids adventure movie and the uh, I found it very funny combining the like dark horror of this idea of like an ancient uh like alien warlord uh being brought back to life but then also pairing him with like kids from like monster squad or goonies or et uh because i felt like those two genres were at odds with each other which made me laugh uh as i kind of like hashed out the plot in my head mm -hmm. and so it was that kind of like juxtaposition of the like fun kids adventure movie with the dark sci-fi horror fantasy movie that led to uh, the plot of PG. Awesome. Yeah. I, I told I totally got some uh, like Power Rangers vibes in this as well. Like, especially with like the musical soundtrack. Oh, hundred percent. Yes. Very much yeah. influenced by Power Rangers and to like further extend that uh, just like Japanese monster movies in yeah. general, like their super Sentai shows uh, stuff like Kamen Rider was a big influence um and uh there's like a few uh features that i really love that came out of japan one of them's called mechanical violator hakaider which is a like a darker kind of spin on the power rangers sort of uh style i just wanted to like emulate that with my creatures uh in this film yeah Awesome. Uh, speaking of the creatures in this film, uh, the practical effects in this movie are really something uh, to behold, uh, especially Psycho Goreman himself. Um, where did you come up with the design for him? Well, my initial approach for designing PG was that I wanted him to be a character that when he was in action figure form, if I was, if like 10 year old Steve saw an action figure of PG on the shelf, like at Walmart, 
I would instantly be drawn to him. So I tried to give him elements uh, of like bits of flair that I would have found appealing as a kid, uh, thinking back on like my toy purchase logic and the kinds of things I looked for as a kid in terms of like what I wanted to get. Um, and so I applied all of that to the design of PG. So uh, trying to give him a good like imposing silhouette, uh, but also like pops of color uh, so that he stood out even at a distance. Uh, so that's where I came up with the idea of giving him these like hot pink uh, kind of like lava cracks running through his body that we would hit with um, UV light to help make pop on camera. Uh, so yeah, all of it really just came down to like, if I crush this down into like toy size, would it look cool? Uh, and I applied that logic to pretty much all the monsters in the movie. Yeah, and I mean, speak. I mean, you mentioned toys. I would love to see like some figures from this movie. That would be like absolutely amazing. Uh, uh, well, just to, like piggyback that comment. We yeah. just put out a press release today. Uh, we partnered with a company called Plastic Meatball that uh, is going to be doing toys for the. Movie. Oh, awesome! And uh, so, yeah, if you just look up uh, Psycho Gorman and Plastic Meatball, uh, we've put out. Uh, there's a photo of a PG figure and a Pandora figure that are really fantastic. So yeah, check well, it out. You, ju you just made my day because I'll definitely be checking that out and I'll definitely be picking them up. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, was this your first movie with child actors? Uh, I had done a short film for ABCs of Death 2 uh, called W's for Wish, which was about two kids who get sucked into a He-Man universe. And it's kind of like a dark spin on he-man okay. and that almost was like a bit of a like t test run of what i ended up doing with pg um because in that i really enjoyed the juxtaposition of like kids versus like really dark adult stuff uh it just made everything feel way more intense and yeah i had a great experience working with kids on that that short film and so i, I felt good about doing it on this i mean uh in the casting process, there's definitely a lot of concern from the higher ups that we're never going to find kids that could uh, like capture the spirit of the characters on the page because uh, it was a very low budget movie. Uh, we had to go non-union, um, but we did cast a very wide net and, and saw a lot of actors that had lots of auditions and saw lots of self tapes. Um, but uh, yeah, Nita and Owen and Scout who play uh, Mimi, Luke and Alistair. Uh, just did a fantastic job on the film and uh, I think really embody their characters, especially Nita, who is like showed up to set pretty much already Mimi, like in terms of her personality. So that saved me a lot of work on the directing side of things. That's amazing. Uh, on top of the great makeup effects in this, one of the things I really liked was the comedy. Uh, how much is that was in the script or how much was that was just kind of messing around with things on the fly? Uh, I mean, it was definitely both. There's a lot of stuff on the page that made it into the movie. Um, lots of lines that like, maybe like the initial treatment I didn't quite have in place, but like as I was going through the movie and fleshing it out and kind of coming to terms with how absurd this concept was, I started popping in more humorous bits uh, just as a way of drawing attention to how crazy things were getting. But then also on set, uh, just you know, being in the moment, we definitely came up with stuff on the fly 
uh, and just like weird performance choices that we would just roll with. Um, so yeah, I'd say it was definitely a split between the two. Like a lot of it was scripted, but there also are a bunch of moments uh, that just came out of, uh, you know, the insanity of, of being in principal photography. Uh, I'm thinking of moments specifically where I don't want to spoil too much, but a certain character uh, has the stunt double doing a wicked uh, flip at one point. And that was just a thing that we decided randomly on the day was like, let's let's get a guy in makeup to look like this character and get him jumping off these shelves and doing like a cool spin. Uh, so there's definitely room to mess around on this movie. And I think that's half the fun of making movies is being in the moment and uh, kind of just surveying the, the scene in front of you and being like, well, it'd be funny if this happened and then just running with that. So thankfully on this movie, I was backed by some producers who had confidence in what I was doing and uh, didn't really question when I went on these absurd tangents. That's, that's amazing. Um, so speaking of like comedy and kind of going and being trusted, uh, Manborg is a really interesting film that you did. Can you tell us a little bit about that one? Yeah, I mean, Manborg was one of my earliest features. It was a movie I made pretty much for pocket change. I shot it in my parents' garage uh, on a green screen that my mom sewed for me. Uh, it was a movie that I just made because I really wanted to make a sci-fi action comedy movie. And I, you know, for as long as I can remember, I've loved building miniatures and making monsters. And it was a good excuse to just throw everything I could do into one movie. And so uh, it was back when I still lived in Winnipeg uh, with the rest of the Astron 6 team, uh, who I always work with on all my movies. And I should also point out uh, just a little sidebar that uh, in the opening, you mentioned I directed Father's Day. That's actually, I co-directed that with the rest of Astron 6. Uh, which is Matt Kennedy, Connor Sweeney, Adam Brooks, and Jeremy Gillespie. Uh, it's our little film collective that we make movies together. And uh, Father Day, Father's Day was one of them. Astron, uh, sorry, Manborg was one that I took the sole directing reins on, but they're all in the film as well. And uh, they all appear in PG as well. Uh, Adam plays Greg, obviously, in the film, one of the main characters. Um, so yeah, that was back in the days when we all lived in the same place and we all made movies together. So that's how we made Manborg and Father's Day. Uh, going back to uh, Sega Goreman, uh, the crazy ball game that was played in the movie, it seems like very specific. Uh, was it an actual game you played as a child or was it just something totally made up? Uh, it was a game that I made up, but it's supposed to reference uh, like, childhood experience I feel like a lot of us had of sure. just kind of making up bullshit games because <laughs> uh, I definitely did that with my friends where we would just come up with the most arbitrary rules uh, I mean in my childhood I remember them being a lot more violent uh, I mean I do inject a bit of that into crazy ball but I feel like uh, as a kid I was constantly like we're just constantly beating up on each other and then coming up with nonsense rules to apply to that uh, so Crazy Ball is like kind of a toned down version of that. And also a bit of a reference to Calvin and Hobbes, which is my all-time favorite comic strip and uh, very heavily influenced PG. Uh, and in that, Calvin plays a game called Calvin Ball. Uh, that's his own kind of like sport that he made up. 
Nice. Uh, now, an, an absolute treat for me uh, at the end of this movie was the original Psycho Goreman song uh, in the end credits. Uh, was that your idea? Uh, and who came up with the lyrics for it? Uh, well, that was all Blitz Berlin, uh, the composers on the film. And uh, it was a thing we had discussed like right from the beginning. I, I had pretty specific requirements for the score on this movie and Blitz Berlin were all over it. Uh, because I, it, there's a lot of things that like movie scores don't really do anymore. Uh, one of them being having an end credit rap song that yeah. sums up the movie. Uh, I feel like that, that used to be a thing that happened a lot more. And so I wanted to reference that. Uh, and yeah, I, I wanted the score, like just speak about the score as a whole. Like I wanted it to have a lot of personality and, and character. And so I referenced movies like Highlander where uh, like Queen did a bunch of the score and a bunch of songs for the movie or something like uh, Ninja Turtles. The first Ninja Turtles movie has a very iconic and recognizable score. And so I wanted the movie to just really pump that up and really make the score and the songs that uh, come into the film like have a lot of personality and just really inform kind of the era that I'm, I'm referencing with this film, which is like late 80s, early 90s uh, films. Yeah, and, and you mentioned it previously, but like the first thing that came into my my mind when I heard the Psycho Gorman song was the monster squad so you know song at the end credits there it just brought me back to my childhood and it just oh, made right. me, me smile when i heard this one i forgot that that had a song at the end too yeah, yeah. My, my experience that i was specifically referencing i mean it's like a little late in the era it was like 2006 but the remake of assault on precinct 13 has a rap oh, yeah. song which feels weirdly out of place for that movie which is like a very straightforward like action thriller but the rap song not only like sums up the movie but it also breaks the fourth wall by mentioning like Lawrence Fishburne and Ethan Hawke by name which I found very weird uh so I just I have such a vivid memory of walking out of the theater hearing that song and laughing and being like that's what you're gonna end with like that's what you want people leaving the movie listening to so yeah I think it's a thing that movies used to do a lot more and uh, I jumped at the chance to have it in this movie. And I think Blitz Berlin really delivered in terms of making the best possible rap about PG. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. And it just fits like so perfectly with the whole theme of this movie. Oh, totally. uh, so, yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, so you wrote and directed this movie as well as, you know, the majority of your movies. Uh, is there one you enjoy over the other uh, and which do you find most difficult? Uh, so, sorry, is there a movie that I enjoy more than the others or just a part of the process? Like as, part of the, uh, as part of the process of writing and directing. Uh, I will straight up say that I don't really enjoy writing and okay. I would say it's my least favorite part. Um, but I, I enjoy being on set. I enjoy the problem solving of actually physically shooting a movie. Um, that's not to say I don't have moments where I where I like, I do like writing sometimes. I just find it comparatively to be less interesting because mm -hmm. I like physically doing the thing and I, I don't love the like endless discussions leading up to making a movie, which I feel like uh, writing a screenplay is kind of linked into that uh i like it when the train has left the station and you're on the clock and you got to make a thing uh because that's when all the that's when all the crazy adventures happen so 
I definitely prefer directing. Well, one movie you didn't write was Leprechaun Returns, which you did take on uh, the director's role for that. Um, so what made you step out of your uh, usual and tackle the Leprechaun franchise? Uh, I mean, it's a weird story. Like I actually was supposed to just work on the effects for that movie because uh, I work as a creature effects artist. And uh, so the shop that I worked at, they got the script for the movie and I was told like, oh, we might be doing effects on this Leprechaun movie. And then that night I got an email from my manager saying like, hey, like I just got a script for this Leprechaun thing. Do you want to direct it? And it just seemed like such an absurd scenario that I couldn't say no to it. Yeah. Like it, I just knew no matter what, it would be a weird adventure making a Leprechaun movie. And so I did it like mostly out of curiosity wanting to know what would happen directing a like franchise sequel uh to like hate to say it but like a lower end horror franchise like it's not a not a nightmare on elm street or a like friday the 13th or a halloween it's a leprechaun movie Mm -hmm. and so just i approached it as like just a fun challenge of like well what can i do with this material what can i do with the resources i'm given and uh yeah, I had a ton of fun making that movie. It was like, it was a dream to make what was essentially like a 90s straight to video horror movie, mm-hmm. uh, but making it in, in 2018 uh, and shooting it in Africa. It was just such a, a wild experience all around. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and I mean, it, it, you say lower end, but it's definitely still a, a beloved franchise and uh, has quite a fan base. Um, did you have oh, any? I'm oh, sorry. It was a rabid fan base for sure yeah. that I joined after I signed on. That I uh, that I came in contact with and actually like have uh, made some really good friendships with uh, because of the movie. And it it really helped. Not to say I didn't enjoy Leprechaun movies before, but it helped me yeah. appreciate the the more passionate fan base behind it. Um, Definitely. Uh, and yeah, with with yeah. the with the passionate fan base, were you a bit, uh, I guess, apprehensive on how it would it was going to be perceived? Oh, of course, and that's with every movie is that you never know like what kind of response you're going to get. And there's definitely people who were pissed that Warwick wasn't in the movie, but it seems like after it came out, people really uh, like grew to respect Lyndon's performance and got like the approach we were taking and got that like it wasn't a case of like we didn't want to get warwick it was that he didn't want to do it and we mm-hmm. couldn't get him so it's like do you just not make the movie at all or do you like do you accept the challenge of trying to make it work with a new actor and so that's how i approached it was like well let's let's take this as an excuse to kind of put a little bit of like put my own personality into this character a bit and kind of recraft them a little bit but also stay true to what everybody likes about the leprechaun um outside of your own films you had worked on a lot of makeup uh, jobs on some pretty big titles is there a particular film or makeup job that you're most proud of uh i mean i'm proud of all the stuff i've done i've always been under the gun on all these projects and pulled through and done some some pretty good stuff all things considered uh i mean honestly right now i'm just happy with pg because it was such an ambitious project for so little money and i ended up doing a lot of the effects myself 
Uh, I mean, I did have a huge team working on it, but there was just so much that I had to spend a lot of late nights cobbling stuff together. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, just in terms of like w the resources we had uh, and like what the output was, I'm very happy with it. Awesome. Uh, and I, I was looking uh, at your IMDb page and it shows that you're venturing into television next with Day of the Dead. Uh, is there anything you could yep. tell us about that? Uh, I'm not really allowed to say much other than I, mean, I had a lot of fun working on it. It's got some cool zombies in it. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think it comes out in October. I think they're like, they're deep in it right now, uh, editing and finishing up the season. So yeah, I'm not really allowed to divulge too many details on it. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you Steven. very much. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks guys. Talk soon. Right, Bye. Thanks. Bye. Julia, we got cash.